I'm gonna piss in the cheese grater. <laughs> It was such a concentrated moment of time that something incredible was fused in that time. I want to fight somebody and I want to do heroin. <laughs> he was just anybody, any port in a storm on those two bucket list <laughs> items. One plus one plus two equals fuck you. Like, now he shuts. Seriously. We were given a, a very difficult measuring stick to use in life. Yeah, absolutely. Now I can only look back and think how grateful, how lucky we were to have had that moment. Yeah, yeah. And either you can recreate it or you spend your life trying to recreate it. I have been chasing the new cabin, for sure, in, in many different ways. And, you know, you guys are a hard act to follow. Greetings, Dave here to welcome you to Long Walk Short Drink, episode 93, as in 1993, the year that gave us Pearl Jam's Versus, U2 Zeropa, Radiohead's debut, Pablo Honey, Ooh, speaking of musical debuts, how about, how about the independent debut of Dave Matthews Band, huh, remember two things, seriously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this motherfucker in the car tomorrow, what else, how about, Sarah McLaughlin's fumbling towards ecstasy. Love it. Seriously. And, ooh. Ace of Base, the sign. I like it. Deal with it. On TV, Michael Dudikoff started in the series Cobra with, uh, you know, Strickland there from Back to the Future and uh, the dude from Top Gun. <laughs> anyway, this is a great show. I mean, I thought so. I rewatched it recently too. Still dug it. How about other movies? 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 How about True Romance? El Mariachi? How about, how about... Untamed Heart? Maybe? Judgment Night? Sure. Ooh, definitely. Definitely. Hard Target and Nowhere to Run. A couple one-two Van Damme movies. Ooh, and... Hard Target uh, novelization. And... Soundtrack, of course. Graham Ravel. Ooh, uh, so I married an axe murderer. A Palmer's pick. I believe Marv brought this on. I love that movie. I also love Sleepless in Seattle. That's right. I said it. Going do. And Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Novelization. Fucking tape soundtrack. Now, this is... Like so, this would have been twenty years after his death. This came out, offered to Brandon Lee, his son, to star in. I'm very glad he didn't take that. Unfortunately, though, he took the crow instead and ended up uh, dying on that set, as we all know. Um, but so, there's a great biopic that's really well informed by. Um, it's based on the book Lin 
Linda Lee, his wife, wrote called Bruce Lee and the Man Only I Knew. And there's a lot of like cool stuff from letters and stuff. It's really well done, but it also plays like a Bruce Lee movie. So everything kind of moves through in these like action set pieces and fights. Anyway, when my when the bride watches, she's like, everything's solved by fighting. I'm like, it's kind of anyway, stylized. Fucking great. Loaded Weapon 1. That's right. So that's Samuel L. Jackson there <laughs> and Emilio Estevez in this spoof of largely the Lethal Weapon movies. Kathy Ireland is in as well. Also spoofing the Lethal Weapon movies in 1993. Uh, yours truly. <laughs> in Lethal Weapon 4 and a half. I'm pretty sure too. So that we're also, this is me and our buddy Jacko, uh, who's going to come up again here shortly. But so I think basically I was in love with the lethal weapon movies. We saw this movie that spoofed them. We're like, ah, oh, we should do it too. <laughs> also that year, uh, we made uh, a film called watchful eyes, in which I played a guy that witnessed a murder and, uh, and then is, uh, kind of stalked by the murder. Some fun chase scenes in here we did in the snow. And then uh, A Dying Breed, which was kind of a modern retelling of, I mean, 1993 with like teenagers playing adults in all the roles, <laughs> which is for, it was probably really hard to follow. Uh, kind of retelling, though, of the like for a few dollars more, the bounty hunter, uh, bounty killer, as they called it then, movie uh, with Lee Van Cleef and Clint Eastwood. So this is what I was up to in 1993. What were you up to? <laughs> um but of course, I mean, obviously, we're not talking about any of that stuff, just like we're not talking about the entirely preventable fourth wave of COVID that's got us all wearing masks again, or how five U.S. states have passed and signed into law bills banning the teaching of critical race theory in public schools, meaning like it's literally against the law in like Texas, Tennessee, Idaho, uh, Iowa, and Oklahoma, and then others they're pushing for this legislation like it's literally against the law to learn about something nothing fishy there actually we are going to talk about uh the suppression of critical race theory in a, in a second here we're going to touch on it um but really what our uh our show centers around today is is a very special guest that's right friends we're having ourselves a cabin kid episode Volume 5, just like the five fucking streets. <laughs> that guest, that cabin kid is the legendary Jacko. <laughs> oh, God, I feel terrible saying that. <laughs> who says it like that? Jackson, Jacko, to his friends, who should know better than to call him that. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't see that coming, did you? I didn't either. None of us did. We're all really glad it happened. And that we got uh, this this white whale of a of a guest because Jackson though Jackson and I grew up together he was he was my, my oldest friend not not old in years but the my friend whom I've been closest to the longest since I was in like third grade fourth grade fifth grade he comes up a lot I mentioned him last episode uh, as that that year nineteen ninety two to oh ninety one anyway we started to make like movies together on VHS when we were around around that time and that became like a real uh focal point of our of our friendship as well as we played soccer together we, he's we did everything together he's kind of like uh a, he's more like a brother to me in a lot of ways jackson makes his living as an artist uh, in all s sorts of capacities truly multidisciplinary i mean the dude I mean, I pr primarily like designs and 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 builds and operates and teaches about puppets and make you fucking cry. He makes these incredible masks. He's got this living mask project. 
Um, most of his puppets and masks and all that stuff, it, it's like for theater and film primarily. But um, man, dude can draw, take photographs that would make the Pope weep. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a goddamn renaissance man, all right? Get off his case. And don't give him any crap here in his real life for his cabin exploits as a kid, right? He built his own house over there in the, like, uh, south of Amsterdam. Damn, I think it's south. Um, in uh, Bosch, where, uh, that's where Hieronymus Bosch, I believe, is from. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. But so he does, he, he doesn't, no longer has, like, the Midwestern accent that, that I have in Palmer and Twinkie have. He kind of has, he's lived over there so long, he may not sound like someone that grew up with us. And he sort of says nay instead of no, and his verb tenses get a little off and stuff. But we always wanted to get him on here, but he he has lived in Europe for more than a more than a decade now or on and off. And, and um, he's always in the future, as we say. And in fact, he's a very sort of present and forward-looking fella who doesn't like to talk about or dwell on the past all that much. This is what my take. And of course, because he's my friend and I make documentaries about my friends, this all started really with him. I was going to hate this. It's kind of true though. Like, so Jackson and I made movies together. Some of those that I just mentioned, but we made the, the crow adaptation that started in 1994. And during that time, he would carry around his, his home video camera. He would point it at himself uh, huge camera so it was like you had to be kind of strong it's not like just our phones like we do these days but he'd turn it around on himself be like and he became like a host a behind the scenes host jack summers he would say welcome to the behind the scenes of the crow my name is jack summers and we're here filming today in dave's basement or attic or whatever but it was those tapes that led me to uh eventually make the inertia documentary that was my ticket to go to new york city for the first time for heaven's sakes uh anyway we actually we don't get into any crow business today or really any of the movies we grew up uh making together uh we we got jackson by sort of by happenstance we were hoping to plan a time when he could come on properly initially it was i was reaching out to try to schedule something like that and then i realized like he was he's having like a bachelor week and i was about to sign on to the long walk short drink uh hangout where we're going to talk about blade runner and i was like hey man this just felt so weird, like setting up a time to do it in the future when we're out, where I was about to like hop on. So we did hop on and uh, we just kind of started out by just ch- chatting. And uh, I think early on I was trying to like introduce the idea of like, hey, maybe introduce yourself to people if they listen to this. And he was like, what now? I thought we were just hanging out. So it's like, all right, all right. <laughs> but, uh, I don't even know if he was serious. But anyway, the, the other <laughs> Palmer and uh, Twinkie were here and they they Palmer dug up the the cabin kid questionnaire and eventually we got into it and it was really really a great discussion and I think this probably if you haven't heard the other cabin kid conversations I believe volume one would have been Twinkie two Steiner oh no two pumps three Steiner four crams and then now five with uh, Jack you don't have to necessarily have heard all those I think this is one is kind of a a good entry point in, in, in a way. Um, not the least of which is because I have been working on kind of coming up with a digital master of the documentary about what we call the Cabin Kid documentary, which I I'm not going to explain too much in detail now. But anyway, so I've been explaining, I've been, I've been working with that footage a lot. So a lot of it's like right at my fingertips. And so as things come up in the conversation, there's often going to be like B-roll accompaniment where you can see us at the cabin. I'll, I'll put like in the episode description, kind of these video vault uh, links 
Uh, so some that you can uh, look forward to, or so it's not, and it's not just B-roll too, actually. It's like full on, just like little bit of clips from the, from the time that we're talking about. So there's a bit where, uh, Palmer mentions Jackson's practice of experiencing music, experiencing in quotes. And, uh, he, he, t- it takes maybe just a second. He's like, Oh yeah. Experiencing music. I know all about that because he sort of tells us early on that he doesn't necessarily remember a ton from that time. But, uh, so we don't, in our conversation that we had, you know, recently we, we didn't get into experiencing music. We just referenced it and move on. But here to help kind of round things out for you so you can be in on all these jokes, I drop in this video clip we have from, it was like a documentary approach to our friend's um, view of U2, the band U2 and their influence. I think our friend Katie did it. um, She directed it. Like we have these great photos of her actually like wearing a ball cap and uh, she put, we did it in Palmer's uh, old kitchen, I guess. And so she we stacked up like a 12 pack of Coke and her home video camera. And that was like the tripod <laughs> on the counter. And everybody sat down and uh, she asked us questions for a school project about influence, about how the band U2 uh, had their influence in our life and um, what it, what they meant to us and introduced us to, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, Jackson in this little video like it's like a 20 minute video or something. I'll link it. I'll link that. There's so many links in the description field this time. Uh, I'll link, fuck, I'll link. Well, I'm not even going to tell you what I'll link. If you're curious about some of these things, some of them I like, you're going to have a password. Um, you can have a field day going. Through. So look at the description uh, and whatever podcast thing you're listening to or at lwsdpod.com. Just hit episode guide. But that was all interrupting something else I was saying about Oh, yeah, you can watch the whole, like, 20-minute video, but we're going to put the really pertinent clips right into the show for you, and uh, we're going to get right into that conversation here quick. There's not a lot to tell you about stuff I've been working on because, like, I've been working on this uh, remaster. Oh, I did a a, a podcast guest spot, so Jean-Claude Van Damme has a new movie on Netflix called The Last Mercenary, and it's very fun. It's uh, action-packed, but also very f- sort of funny and th- like a throwback, but also sort of postmodern with like... Uh, anyway, it's, it was a whole lot of fun. And I got to uh, talk about it with the guys over at the Jean-Pod Van Damme cast. We did a crossover episode. I can't remember what number that is uh, for us, Palmer and I. And then uh, I got to talk with John and Jeff uh on that show on their show about the last mercenary and so you can find that uh i'll link that in the many things here in the description or you can find it on the pod bros uh youtube page and um and then also in a so sort of cabin kid creative endeavors cabin kid crams uh, was also on a podcast, though not about anything quite as silly <laughs> as I liked. So I've been on a Dolph Lundgren podcast and a Jean-Claude Van Damme podcast. Gabby Kid Crams was on a podcast called Hashtag Do Better Media, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. He's on an episode called An Uncritical Suppression of CRT, which is critical race theory. So I mentioned that we would touch on that. And uh, so I'm going to play a little bit of his answer to what is the biggest misconception that the public has about what critical race theory actually is. It's this conception that that CRT in some ways seeks to divide people, all right? That it seeks to, uh, I think as you said, define people solely by their race. The right has has sought a populist mantle. Um, and, and for that to work, 
it needs an elite class to attack, right? It needs it needs an elite uh, uh, consortium of 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 people uh, to 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 point to to that people can blame their problems on, um, and and notably they can't blame economic elites, uh, which is very much the core of of at least their their financial backing um you know the the um you know the chamber of commerce right the <laughs> the, the low tax people right um so who do they have um well they go after the academy they go after universities they go after professors and they go after the the media establishment um so this 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 attack on on critical race theory really checks both boxes right it allows them to to play to the um, you know, white supremacist, white nationalist, racist elements of, of, of their party while also going after academia and to some degree media um, as, as, as pushing what they see as this radical, radical theory. Pretty smart, right? Reminds me of this uh, quote I heard for um, Ibram X. Kendi. I believe he's the dude who kind of came up with the term anti-racist because this whole idea being like, people are always like, I'm not racist. He's like, not being not racist is not a thing. You can't be not racist, but you can be and take anti-racist actions anyway. So, uh, but he does have this great podcast um, just called Be Anti-Racist that I started listening to. But I heard, I heard this in, and I've read the book, but there's this interview that he gave. Um, it might've been a private one that I was signed up from, like through some webinar or something like that, that it's not publicly available. But this was like the best synthesis he he had of of why it's important to learn about these things and to be critical of where information is coming from in regard to this stuff. So I'm just going to kind of read you this quote. I know you love it when I fucking read to you, but, but this is, this is important. Then we'll get to the, the cabin kid conversation. So, so he says, uh, these racial disparities and inequities that you see in your community and your institution are not the result of bad groups of people emphasizing groups. This is the quote here still. I'm not saying that there are not individuals who are black that are lazy. There are, are individuals who are white that are lazy too. That's what makes these imperfect racial groups equals. The problem is power and policy, and that's where we need to be focusing. But mind you, those that benefit, particularly those in positions of power who benefit from those inequities and benefit from us believing that the problem are those Latinx so-called invaders or so-called, quote, Muslim terrorists or so-called black criminals, that they are the problem. Those people in power prefer particularly white Americans to see those people as the problem because the alternative is for those powerful folks to open the door for their constituents to see them as the problem. They don't want that. And they're going to discredit anyone who is turning the heads of those folks away from, quote, other people as being the problem. So just know that's the type of environment we're living in. Once again, I encourage people that power and policy are the problem, not people of color or the people who are advocating for the people of color. You got to consider who's telling you you shouldn't know about this and why they might say that or why they might be disparaging those people because it's distracting you from seeing what the fuck they're doing. All right, this is not the place for this, but I appreciate you not fast forwarding if you didn't fast forward. So um, 
I think we're just going to get into the conversation here. I leave it to where we're just kind of bullshitting and then uh, J- Jackson surprises us. And uh, I leave in the kind of awkwardness at times of us trying to move toward that cabin kid conversation. And he's a little resistant, but like, like I said, it ends up being really one of the best conversations we've had about, uh, uh, about this topic. And it was, it was super, I don't know. It was great. And, um, instead of me coming on at the end to, uh, give all the like, please rate and review and thank Moto for our rock and theme music and thank Palmer and Twinkie and Jack and all that stuff. I'm just going to go out on the song one from U2. Now that is because that song, uh, oh man. Okay. So I'm just real quickly, uh, in my senior year of high school, um, I was tapped to create like a senior video because I had the, I could edit between two VCRs. And so I think I picked uh, crowded houses. Don't dream it's over as the song. And I got all this like home video footage from kids, uh, you know, kids in my class growing up and I made this thing and it, you know, makes people uh, feel good and remember. Right. And then, then the next year I was doing one, I was asked to do one for Jackson's class and most of the cabin kids are one year behind me. And then I think Palmer's one year behind that. Anyway. Uh, so they, they of course had video footage, but they wanted to gather some new stuff at like their prom and all this. And so I lent them my uh, palm quarter and they like Jacko and uh, pumps and, and crams and those guys, they like took the the video camera to, to prom and to school during the last days and all this. So I was going to put it together. So I was kind of in the habit of doing one of these every year. And um, somehow that rolled over into starting to film stuff out at the cabin a little bit. And then I got the idea, um, you know, this was, uh, I was really enjoying these people and uh, I was uh, just getting to know them and stuff. But I was like, well, let me... Uh, capture this as a kind of a, a video for us about just this time. And U2 was a big deal. Uh, the band U2 and, uh, and the song one is about relationships and actually, so anyway, the whole thing was meant to be set to that song. And for like the whole summer, I was gathering all this like video footage of us out at the cabin and doing all the various things, all of these cabin kids, everybody's in this one video, the quote unquote, the one video. And so if you want to see all the people we've been talking about and so much of like the activities, yeah, there's some B-roll and stuff sprinkled along the way to, to our conversation if you're watching on YouTube. But at the end of the show, we're just going to go right from the, you know, love you guys by that we had to that, that song one. So if you're just listening, you're like, why is they playing YouTube? <laughs> um, and it would be a good song to go out on. It's super appropriate for our group of friends, but you could actually then see them all there. And I actually went back to the original source tape to kind of fix it all up. And, uh, anyway, so I've gone on and on about way too many things and, uh, I'm just going to turn it over now to us, uh, Palmer and Tweaky and I thinking we were going to talk about Blade Runner, which we are going to talk about next week, uh, as well as like have Logan on and, um, seriously, really no kidding though. You might hear from Logan if you listen through to this whole episode, just saying, um, but we are going to talk Blade Runner uh, next time. But this time we're talking to Cabin Kid Jacko Jackson. How are you guys? Yeah, Palmer, can you are you comfortable giving us an update on why? Oh uh, yeah, on, on the one week here away from your your incident, unfortunately, or are, are things oh, progressing uh, well, or is it frustrating or terrible? I hope I hope I'm not bringing up a sore um, subject. 
No, no, definitely not a sore subject, but also one I don't want to dominate the conversation with. Oh, that's uh, I, that's I, fine, I wanted to no. know last week, yeah. but I was like, now is not the time to ask details. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> fresh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if my car was parked here and he was trying to turn into the alley, he basically missed my car with the front tires, but then caught my car in front of the rear tires. And so he was like on the hood of my car at that point. But then instead of backing up off of my car, he gassed it. And when I looked out the window, the U-Haul, the wheels were up on my hood and he was driving off of my car. Oh and then like my the, the, God. And then the tailgate, like the oh, tailgate, yeah. like scraped down the car and everything. My neighbor, after uh, he also drove off when he saw me, like I was behind the, like he was down the alleyway finally by the time I got out there. And I was walking up to the U-Haul and I almost got to it and I yelled, Hey, and he like stuck his head out the window and we made eye contact in the side view mirror and he popped his head back in and took off and then disappeared. And I'm just like, Oh, you gotta be shitting me. So then I was like super pissed and it took all of like 30 seconds that the neighbors were all like, Oh, well they were just moving in right over here. And the, woman who rented the u-haul was still at the house and i said if he's not back if the cops get here before he comes back it's a hit and run i'm gonna push for that and uh so then she came out and she's like well i have insurance i'm like you weren't the one driving she's like yes but i have insurance and she just kept going through this like logic loop over and over and over again and finally ash was like like she's so good at these moments of like realizing that i'm not gonna relent because i just kept <laughs> Every time she would just be like, yes, but I have the insurance that, you know, I rented it. I have the insurance. Yes, but you were not the one behind the wheel. I just kept sticking at that. And finally, Ash was like, ma'am, do you want us to lie and say you were driving the U-Haul? And she's like, nope, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> and so, so uh, it was just a nightmare. It took yeah. like two hours for the cops to show up. The kid did ultimately come back. Because her fiance, that woman's fiance, was riding in the U-Haul with them. And oh every time I would ask a good question, I'd be like, well, why was he driving the U-Haul? I don't know. Do you have insurance? No. Well, then what were you doing behind the wheel of the U-Haul? I don't know, sir. Like, like it, everything was just always an I don't know when it got too sticky. And... Uh, I was like, you you totaled my car, man. My neighbor said that the wheel was like flat on the road. And I don't know if that meant like it kicked out and was like laying oh, down flat right. or if like. So we didn't touch it after they had hit it. It was pretty messed up. And then, uh, but the guy, when he put it on the wrecker yesterday, he was able to turn the wheels to get them straight. So it would go straight onto the wrecker. So, but that could be a totally different mechanism than the axle. So, uh, I, and we also, our car was also hit and run parked in front of our house in November and <laughs> that one was a definite like hit and run. And that caused like $4,500 in damage. So we also think that our insurance will use that to devalue the car and then put it below whatever the repairs would be. So they have to total it out because they've already technically paid out on it forty five hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's so smart. Like 
insurance is one of the like i know i'm not saying anything new to anyone here but it's like one of the most swarmiest things on the oh, planet just, Where, especially like, yeah health care insurance too you're just like yeah people's lives come down to like equations you know yeah it's bad enough yep. for vehicles that you know we are so reliant on in our country because of lack of public transportation and all of that yeah um, yep. you know in your case, and they're a lot of money. Vehicles cost a ton of money. Yeah. And to know that it's a big game behind the scenes is so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. That it just comes down to just like math and math never lies, which pisses me off too. And it's just like the car didn't even have 50,000 miles on it, you know, uh, and it's going to get totaled out probably. So I, I, I told Ash, I was like, we're going to just come to terms with get, having to get a new car note. And that's when the insurance is going to be like, okay, we can fix it. Like, we're not going to yeah. total it out. The part of me is okay with all this conversation because I'd much rather not have a car note than, uh, but I also want to have a car that I am confident is roadworthy and can we can drive to Northeast Ohio or Pittsburgh when we do those things and not have to worry about dying. <laughs> and, you know, seems, oh, seems reasonable. Yeah. 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 Just what a nightmare. So, yeah. Yeah. There's so, so many awful I, parts of that story. Not not least among them hit t- two times in the last six months just from being parked months, at your house. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. You've had cars. Being parked like... literally in front of our house. I told Ash, I was like, no matter what, no matter what happens, we're parking across the street from now on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to see like, if that works. Yeah. 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 So. Well, I mean, in all this time, nobody else's car. Well, that's not true. I, uh, I I do remember, but it was on this same side. It wasn't on the opposite side, though. So yeah, it, it it's a bummer. But it, um, I think the fir- definitely that first night, I was not prepared to do uh what we're about to do. So <laughs> oh yeah, I'm that's uh, totally I'm re- I'm really glad that you guys were flexible. Thank you so much for being flexible and kicking it out a week so that we could have the conversation because uh, it also afforded me a little more time. I was able to like actually refresh my memory on the, on the like everything is shit conversation. So I can, I know exactly what I said so I can speak to that a little bit. Cause I am, I find with the podcast, I am guilty of that. We talked about this before that I, I typically don't listen to them just cause I don't want to hear myself. And uh, sometimes people will say, Oh, this, you, when you said this, like that was very interesting or whatever. And I'll, I won't even remember exactly. I'll remember that part of the conversation, but I won't remember specifically what I said. So I was on, I was on the money though. I remembered this one. Hey, what was that? Ah! <laughs> what is happening? Oh my gosh. I knew this uh, this guy at Amsterdam oh. might be free, so I thought to the invite. <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, wait, I, I think I'm in the wrong Zoom meeting. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I don't oh see any puppets. Gosh. I don't see any puppets. This is supposed to be this is supposed to be puppets anonymous. Huh? I told you this would be a, oh. an interview <laughs> for a new job <laughs> yes. uh, to do with puppets and. <laughs> Uh, Muppets reboot, oh. but sadly, <laughs> this long walk short drink. Welcome to it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, how's it going? It's, it's going. It is going. How are you guys? Good. 
Glad to see you. Hi. This is this. I'm so glad this worked yeah. out. What an absolute delight. <laughs> yeah, I'm smiling ear to ear. I got to find the questions. <laughs> oh, questions. <laughs> huh? You know, the, uh, the puppet interview questions. <laughs> yeah, the, the puppet interview questions. This is casual. Where's your damn beers at? Yeah, here we go. Let's do it. Oh, hmm. yeah. Jeez. What, what do you got there? Jo, jo, well, we call you Jack on the show. I don't know if you knew that. And that's just to oh, try to. That's everything that I wanted. Hey. Hey. That's good. Some things we can never escape. Our past is one of them. Yeah. Well, we previously have, yeah, but for the future, <laughs> can't escape the future. Yeah. yeah, that's harder than the past. Yeah, that's some deep I insight. I to that that the future can't be changed. So we're going to give you the opportunity to self-identify differently <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, identify. Yeah. That sounds dangerous. Jacko, it is then. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. There was permission there in the statement. Uh, not really. Be, we just do that in case, uh, you know. Yeah, you don't have to be like back myself. To so <laughs> I don't have, have to. Uh, you have to hide from my employer like I do because. Of... Hey, get your beers. All this. All right, let's. Beer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, what do you have there? Ooh. Swinkles. Oh, swinkles. What type of beer is that? Like a lager or a? Yeah, it's a pretty basic pilsner. Nice. It's the only thing you can buy in a six pack here. Otherwise, you got to buy a giant crate. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. Sprinkles in a six pack. Hey, Nickel. what do you guys got? Crates of beer. What do you, uh, well, I got a Surly Furious. It's a, it's a local IPA from uh, the Minneapolis area that I tend to favor. It's the only thing that was in the fridge a Stila Artois. <laughs> oh, Stila Artois. Liquor. Water. Yeah. Oh, nice. Sorry. It's done. It's all right. It's That's all right. right. <laughs> all still right. Early there, huh? Yeah, you guys. Yeah. Are st- oh, okay. I've already yeah, did. I it. can still cheer. Yeah, let's sure. do on three. Yeah, let's do on three. On three and three. Oh, all right. Cheers, long walkers. That was well timed with all the lag and everything. Well done. Cheers. Prost. Oh man. Prost. The, it's it's what like eleven ish there in Amsterdam. Yes, it's about a, yeah, a quarter after 11. Are you a normally a late person or are you doing this? You're, you're just solely to hang with us. Are you a late hey, night comp- person? Oh, uh, no, I have children, as you, as you know. So yeah. <laughs> this is well past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, the family is uh, away on some sort of hippie art camp week. And uh, I'm, I'm alone this week. Here you are. Ta-da. Whoa. Ta-da. Bachelor, and exactly. And so right now, I'd be probably watching something on on Netflix. I got sucked into Sisyphus. Is that in the U.S.? It's some South Korean fantasy. Speaking of time travel, it's uh, it's uh, surprisingly interesting. So hmm. I don't know. I would I would usually be in bed now watching that. Yeah, <laughs> on my bachelor week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is available in uh, in the U.S. Very nice. A lot of times oh, yeah. that's different, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, bye. Anyways, where are you guys? This is a mixture of 
Well, I'm in uh, Northfield, Minnesota, which is like uh, south of the Twin Cities. And uh, I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Denver, Colorado. Yeah, the same, right? All in the same spots that we've been in for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jackson is in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Eight hours in the future, to be exact. Yeah, eight hours in the (laughs) future. Tomorrow here. Yeah. Maybe I'll get lucky and there will be, when I get to Jackson's place in the future, I will have some pizza in my belly. Uh, oh, are you not? Uh, are, are you? Is this a non-eating day now, or are you just late it's in getting the opportunity? It's a, no, it's a it's a fasting day. So I'm I'm, but I wanted to have a couple beers, and the beer is always like the slippery slope. Oh yeah, you, you not, not eating today, but only drinking beers. That sounds like a recipe. yeah. Oh, trust me, it's going to take more than two of these stellar <laughs> was to <laughs> do me in, do me in, even on an empty stomach. So. You're looking trimmer there. I can see it, like in your in your face and your neck. Like it's noticeable. It's weird because I'm in it. Uh, some through fasting, like big fasting, like this, your body just does it. Like alternates where your the scale will change, but you don't notice it a lot. And then it'll flip where your body composure changes, but the scale doesn't really move. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. So my body composure is changing, but my the scale is not moving as much as I would like it to, hmm. but we've been like awful this month. So have not really fasted the, uh, the last couple of weeks. It, it's taken us the last couple of weeks to really get back on the wagon. Well, you look fantastic regardless. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate are, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird. Cause it's like, we still send the video, you know, we'll send those videos out for things. And uh, it's just like some, some people, when we send them, that's the last thing that we, whatever big event in their life that we have on our calendar, that's the last thing that we sent a video for. And those, like the difference in those screen caps is telling even to us on some of them. So, yeah, I noticed that the other day when you sent me the, the singing, you know, birthday wishes, uh, you and Ash, I could see both in your faces, just like you said. And, uh, yeah, yeah I see it all the more today. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Thanks, dude. I, I, uh, uh, also, I might've trimmed my beard since the last time that I, saw you i might have had oh like crazy yeah and then yeah. Like trimmed it down so that helps thin it out too <laughs> so well, what's the you do a fasting schedule what is it like one day on one day off or one day week yeah or? yeah well, one day on one day off we all oh, really? it day Back fast yes oh, yeah. Wow. yeah so like we go and then we'll we try to just do OMAD then the, the eating day like one meal a day so we'll do like 40 to 43 hour fasts typically and then uh yeah but it i i mean it's all that's always the sticker shock but it's like i'm down 100 pounds from my heaviest and ashes weighs less than she did in two since 2012 so, amazing yeah so and that and she really just picked up the fat like we we like dipped our toe in it for the last year but they then we really stepped it up in february and uh so the biggest, like those huge milestones, the, like the hundred pound one for me and then her, uh, she's close, you know, she just keeps knocking the milestones down. She's much more better, uh, than I am at it, but that's all happened since February pretty much. Wow. So what is it fasting? Like is it a whole day without eating anything or just a major reduction? Well, 
Oh no, no, you don't. You just pretty much. I uh, I will have my. I still put uh, a spoon of sugar and cream in my coffee, um, but I'll just have one of those, like one coffee in the morning, and that's pretty much all the calories that I'll have then, until I the next day when I eat, and I'll have coffee again that following morning because yeah, yeah. I need it. Amazing. It's drastic and it's uh, very difficult. And, uh, but it, man, it's like, I still think it's the easiest diet I've ever been on. And being a big person my entire life, like I've been on a lot of diets and this is like the easiest one. You just don't put food in your fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody skinny like you, real skinny like you, you can't go 40 hours. You don't even need to do that kind of fast. You know, like that you'd probably hulk out, I think from hanger. Do you get hanger? I got I got hanger now. <laughs> you got hanger right now, yeah. Uh, I'm like, uh, it's it's like my we call it tuchit time. Like now I'd be having yogurt and cruisely because have anything uh, else. And I was like, but I can't eat that with beer. That's no. disgusting. So I just looked <laughs> yeah. at my fridge. I didn't have any crackers, so I found these fucking nut ball. I don't know what this is. Like Chinese soy snacks. <laughs> I had I had one big mushroom. I cut in pieces and stuck it in a bucket of hummus, and then olives. And I ate awesome. all of this before I signed on a Zoom because I knew it looked like ridiculous. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the verge of anger, and therefore I'm just going to suppress it with beer. <laughs> oh yeah, see, I exactly I experienced hanger, real hanger, the first time with fasting. Like yeah, exactly. And <laughs> check your pockets. Maybe there's a peanut butter sandwich in there. <laughs> no. See that bread no. for tomorrow. I've yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need it for tomorrow's lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got to have low blood sugar, don't you? Yes. It always seemed like you'd have to eat frequently at least a little bit so as to yeah, yeah, yeah. keep the yeah, machine running. <laughs> keep that machine running. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's definitely low blood sugar. I, I used to be high metabolism, but now I'm 42. So that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the truth, when man. Low blood sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all left with. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, you think one would go with the other. Not true. Hey, hey it's the one yeah. that's away slowly. Dewey. Okay. I'll just take and you had no gray area. Like, gray <laughs> There's no gray area. Where you had neither one of them. It's just like your body was just like, I imagine, was one morning was just like, okay, we're going to turn off the metabolism. Yeah. But now you have low blood sugar. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, we're just going to flip the switch. Yeah. Uh, I remember goodness. that day. <laughs> Well, I didn't necessarily uh, plot this out well. I just, we, we talked over the weekend and I knew you were a bachelor this week. And then, uh, I don't know. So suddenly it was just like, well, we were starting in 20 minutes. You want to join us? And here you are. Uh, we do kind of these days, especially been trying to like prioritize the hanging out above like show or like bits or content and stuff. But I do, I, if you're up for, it, I love the idea of like, cause we've, you've come up since the first episode, you come up all the time, you know, um, as a, you know, as one of our friends, but you've never been on, on mic. So, uh, if you're up for it, I'd love to just have you say a bit up more. Cause like I can say in the intro, I'm like, this is the legendary Jack. <laughs> I can contextualize it. <laughs> but <laughs> for, uh, for those who have just heard about you and live vicariously through this show, um, you can just pass too, if you don't want to <laughs> get into this, but to tell but us a little bit about, I thought we were just hanging out, having a chat. Yes, we can be. We totally can be. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gringo. 
I will take I will take that answer. Oh. Now we see the line starting to cross here. Yeah. Oh, nothing, nothing really. Well, I like the idea of sharing like you on the show, but we absolutely don't have to do that. I was mostly just thought it'd be cool to all be here together. Especially at a time when obviously international travel is um, completely shut down, at least for the most part. It's, it's very nice to be able to talk to you. So. Yeah, I'm flying on Tuesday. Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, hopefully, hopefully things stay open. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Everything's everything's fine. Uh, everything is fine. They're starting to suggest masks indoors yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is well, new in the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, like like today, uh, they were just starting that. And then are you the, coming to the United States? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're going right. back to Ohio. Oh, okay, yeah, let's just don't go to the southeast. <laughs> don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> what do you guys see from Ohio? You're in Ohio. Well, I, I'm in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, it it it's fine. We actually had <laughs> our governor and the powers that be held a lottery to entice people to vaccinate and that oh, yeah. uh really like i think it, i think it quadrupled the amount of vaccinated in ohio oh, when he like started this lottery so uh i i i that though is reassuring in the sense that <clears throat> you have a good chance of coming to an area that has a very high vaccinated rate so mm. um which all data is showing that at least the data that we're seeing is showing that um, the definite like uptick in this variant is in the unvaccinated community. So uh, if you, um, the, everybody is still standing by the, the best way to avoid all this is just get vaccinated. And then just today they teased that Biden might force uh, so the VA yesterday was the first government agency that required vaccination for frontline workers. And mm. then New York started a um, a similar thing. You had to either get vaccinated if you were a public worker or you had to subject yourself to like weekly testing. Um, so, of course, there we were encouraging you to just get vaccinated because that would stop all of that. Um, and then they're teasing that Biden is going to mandate vaccination for federal employees. So uh, I think some of this on the heels of what France did. Right. So France basically yeah. just came out and said, we're requiring vaccination. Yeah. Um, and there was I think that people are just kind of I mean, there's obviously, the, you know, Americans are going to America like there's a. <laughs> Oh, hard. so much this ridiculous, be but, hard. but yeah. for the most part, I think people are over it to the point where they're just like, come on, like people aren't the, the chip that's getting installed with the vaccine is fine. Like everything's good. It Honestly, know. my cell coverage, just the improvement <laughs> yeah. in my cell coverage was ridiculous when I got the vaccine. Yeah, but so, my so. MS DOS has never booted so quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Thanks again. Uh, so. 
Uh, I don't know. And I don't know how much of this made it over there either, but starting about two weeks ago, um, a lot of GOP or Republican, um, I don't know, people started with influence like did a 180 they were totally against the vaccines up to a certain point and then like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they all started saying this was the best thing and everybody needed to get vaccinated yeah exactly i read that yeah 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 so lawyers get involved and tell you hey you're responsible for people dying you might want to consider saying something a little bit different ohio sort of comparatively a high vaccination rate because of this lottery therefore we're going yeah, I think a, that really made a huge impact on like how many of us got vaccinated in Ohio. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and what area of Ohio are you going to? Uh, the, North, North, Northeast Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Hudson, very long. Yeah, yeah. You should you should be fine. I, I'm I would expect there to be a large amount of vaccinated in that area in the mm-hmm. Akron area for sure. So yeah, yeah just search um, drive through Ritman. You're gonna oh. take a drive through Ritman. You're gonna do a little return to the. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I did a search on the CDC website because we just got an email like at my work about you know people come back to campus and they're like none of the counties that our campuses are in are within the level of risk that they're advocating for masks indoors. So I looked up Summit County and it's not in that level of risk. So hopefully that you won't, yeah, be impacted about it or see anything. Yeah, the only concern, I think I'm less concerned because we don't see many people when we're there, but I'm on uh, two airplanes and two airports before arriving at the house and we're a mess. This is the petri just of filthiness. So if I'm going to do, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be on these things. Yeah, and if you're like myself too, obviously having two to, I have two younger children as well that are eligible for vaccination. And so, oh, wow. you know, we're just trying to be cautious with them because this yeah. strain is very aggressive towards unvaccinated people, which includes yeah. my children it's, who are unvaccinated. And so, yeah. you know, it's an ongoing struggle with how, how to balance those things out too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, our daughter is almost four and she's never needed a mask here. And then, unfortunately, my sister said, oh, yeah, but on the airplane, you know, families have been kicked off of flights because the little kids will refuse. So we have to quickly. Uh, oh, we'll get her get up her to in. speed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have to somehow, I don't even have one for her, but we have to get her one and put it on her for a while. Yeah. Uh, just uh, she's going to freak out. Well, and that's a long flight, too. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, nay, we, we bought this ticket obviously months ago and we just toyed around when do we do it, when do we do it? And I, I, I at one point I felt like are we I feel like we've missed the, the the sweet zone. We I feel like we waited six weeks too long that there was this sort of magical period of June where ignorance ignorance is bliss. And uh, we when uh, there was things were going pretty okay and we just went past that into this fourth wave. Yeah. Yummer. What all you doing in uh while you're while you're in the US? Yeah, not much. You know, really it's it's just just to see the family to catch up because it's been uh 
a year and a half, almost two years. It's been two Christmases ago that we were there. So we do that. My, my sister has organized a lot of the aunts and uncles who live in like also Minnesota or Florida. And it sounds like there's quite some people coming in for like a mini family reunion while we're there to go see my grandma. Grandma's still uh, alive in, uh, in uh, near Columbus. Oh, nice. So we'll have like a mini, uh, yeah, but it's scary. I tell my sister, I'm like, oh, great. Thanks for organizing. Oh, she keeps saying, oh, this person's this coming. This person's coming. And I talk to her phone. I'm like, yeah, great. But everyone who's going to be there voted for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, I don't know if I want to see them ever again. I don't care if they're my aunts and uncles. I don't care. They, they're nice people. She's like, oh, come on. It's never brought, come up before. We're not political. I'm like, yeah, but they never voted for Trump. Twice before, yeah. <laughs> I know. Right? back in the country after they voted for you know one plus one plus two equals fuck you like no <laughs> shuts seriously. It's so crazy. People act like it's it's and it's always the people that are Trump supporters that be like, well, it should just be fine, or it's just like we just agree to disagree. I mean, they're acting like there's some precedent for this level of depravity and evil being yeah. embraced yeah. like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's i like your math yeah but i don't envy yeah. the uh, situation yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty worried but anyways we do that and then uh uh we're very close to the pumps so i'm trying to work out a uh a visit for at, uh, at his house on their way awesome yeah 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 very little, awesome. really looking forward to that his his we had so much such a nice time meeting his boy uh, last time, Max is fantastic, yeah. and him and I yeah. uh, were drawing pictures the next day. So we really hope to. And they they have sent each other a couple cards in the post since since then, since that uh, birthday party. Uh, oh, that's awesome! We sent Max a, a, a Christmas card, and he sent uh, Isla back a card. So. Sweet. Yeah, Max is a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like a little yeah. grown up man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Where he gets it, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) So that piece you're working on, Jackson, is that a commission or that's something for yourself? Oh, tonight I no, it's for myself. It was uh, I had someone ask me about teaching like a short puppet workshop using a specific kind of uh, thermal plastic, and uh, it's it's I know how to use this plastic and I use it in other ways, but she wanted to know how to make little puppet heads. And I haven't actually, I've done it, but not really the same way she wants me to teach. So I was gonna, I thought, oh, okay, I've got a couple of days off, I'll do a, a little test. So I just started sculpting a little puppet tonight. You know, I, I sent a photo to Dave and that's it. I was watching some terrible uh, Iron Fist. I don't know, I was on Netflix for 20 minutes trying to find something. I like to sculpt while watching a movie. I couldn't find anything. and. I wanted something from Marvel and picked Iron Fist. Does anyone know this name? I saw oh, him. Oh, yeah, in, with the guy from. He's uh, a blonde guy, right? The blonde guy, yeah. This is not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's <just> the... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. he tried. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that's it. And uh, I just taught a workshop last weekend. I had uh, eight, uh, seven students now who could come in for real into my studio. That's the first time in a long time. And I taught four days in a row, just bang, 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 just nonstop long days to seven people. So after that, I was exhausted. I was l- looking forward to a, to my bachelor week, but then I was so tired. I was like jet lagged the first two or three nights, you know. 
So only now I start to feel like a bit rested again. Here, I'll show the puppet. Oh man. Oh, you're screen sharing. Okay, can... Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's, I, and I did that all tonight. Literally at eight o'clock, I didn't know what I was going to do. And 820 decided to do that. Awesome. And then I, at 11. Thanks. I like how it looks like, it looks like a little smirk. <laughs> like it's yeah, kind of, just, yeah. Mouth over there. I was really trying to go as fast as possible. I usually spend so much time sculpting. Like, okay, I just need a head on a stick. And then uh, tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this plastic around it. And the, those yellow things, those are like placeholders for where eyes will be? Or those kind of are the things you build eyes out of? Yeah, yeah, they're just uh, half round uh, plastic balls. So I just sculpt around them as if they're eyes. And then I'll, I'll use something else. After I make the plastic, I'll do... Uh, Gotcha. Or these I can paint. I can paint these to look like eyes. So the, the thermal plastic will let you make a mold and then you'll be able to cast from that mold? Is that what you're trying yeah. to do? No, it's the final material. It comes in a flat oh. sheet. You heat it with like an industrial uh, hair dryer, like for stripping paint, a heat gun. Yeah, like a hot heat, heat gun, yeah. Just soft enough that you can push it around all the details. It's basically it's like paper mache. Oh, plastic. gotcha. You can push it around all the details, and then it just cools. You know, in a few minutes, it just cools down again, and then it's hard. Yeah. It's not super hard, but it's like a decent thickness of uh, plastic sheet. It's super, really, uh, super nice. That's a really nice. Uh, gotcha. Too. So I'll just wrap all that all that clay head. I'll just wrap in this heated plastic, and then take it off the clay head, and it'll just be a hollow plastic head. Gotcha. Yeah. And then that head will ultimately become a puppet. It can be, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll yeah. do some tests awesome. on what to do with it, um, but it's it's a real quick way. This material's only around for a couple of years, but it's actually a super nice, quick material, quick way to make casts of things. Um, a vacuum table would be really good for that. Um, yeah, would do that like really, really easy. Yeah, exactly. It's the same uh, same concept. Same same, uh, same concept, right? Like a, yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm tracking exactly what that is. That's awesome. Why? Why do you know a vacuum table? When have you used that? Uh, I have not used that, but I have watched plenty of YouTube videos on how to make <laughs> one and the, what you can can do with them. And uh, uh, you make everything from like stormtrooper armor to blister packs for products that you make at home and mm -hmm, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So. Um, and I have a couple, <laughs> uh, this is funny. We, I mean, we go through, we do a lot of traveling and sleeping at relatives' houses. And uh, one of the easiest ways that we could do that semi-comfortably is we would always take an air mattress with us. Right. And so we would go through one of those. All, I mean, of course, because we're, we are hard on anything because we're bigger people, but then also just because we did so we would do so much of that like sleeping in weird places with these things that we would go through one every year and they were the kind that had the like pump and yeah. deflator right built into the mattress you know you just plug that in oh wow so yeah. i have a couple i have a couple of those motors and my intent is to someday have a vacuum form i could use those to build like a vacuum table i want to Oh, yeah. put together a, a CNC machine and do like vinyl cuts, like vinyl stickers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the vacuum tables are really good to hold that really thin material down while your mm -hmm. like drag knife goes over it and cuts out your 
design and it doesn't shift around and it doesn't get stuck to the knife because the vacuum table is stronger than the yeah. adhesive. So. Yeah. so I thought I could take those pumps and use them if I put them on either end of a box and I could plug them in and have them in um, exhaust mode and that would allow the if I had like a <clears throat> a top with a bunch of like pinholes in it or the smallest drill bit I can find just have the CNC like go and like just drill that hole in a pattern all through the top of that and then when I would turn that on, then I could just put that material right on top and it would like just hold it perfectly on there. Yeah. Yeah. So. But then it's just a hop, skip and a jump to go to a vacuum form. Yeah, exactly. Same, same technology. Nice. 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 Yeah. So someday. Someday. Well, what are you busy with now? Twinkie? What is, what's new with you? Well, I, you mentioned it um, uh, initially in the conversation. Uh, two two young kids is pretty much the bulk of it. Uh, That's it uh. I like I like these opportunities to to meet up and chat. We been we've been kind of going over some of the Blade Runner stuff, and so I took the opportunity to been watching some of those and listening to some commentaries. Um, it's nice to kind of be able to pick a topic or pick something and do a deep dive on it. Just, just don't have a ton of time it's a good excuse to say like oh no i i need to listen to these seven hours worth of blade runner commentary <laughs> yeah yeah did you listen to all three uh, of those yeah yeah oh that's yeah. awesome good yeah i did you. too i i had but they, they were not the greatest commentaries i ever heard but, no. but they're very technical about like how things were done yeah. um but uh i think the thing cool. i enjoy the most as a quick sidebar is just the the two writers, uh, Hampton Francher and David Peoples, have obviously a very good relationship. You could hear that in there kind of back and forth. So that was, it is fun to like, and this was done in 2007. So, you know, it's been 15 years since they even did this commentary. So most people are no longer alive, but yeah. All culminating so, around the the final cut, right? Right, the, exactly. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, but yeah, huh. work, work and kids and, you know, occasionally can sneak away to to the mountains here in colorado for vacations get you know it's coming up we're just going to go up for a couple days it's a little cooler up there and get the kids out to do some hikes and just kind of get away from everything for a little bit which is nice mm -hmm. speaking of two do you remember the difference from going from one till two it's about what a thousand percent difference in a good way <laughs> Yes. No. Um, no. It's uh, it, so. It's just you know. It's uh. It's uh. You know. A constant walk. You know. There's no sprinting necessarily. You're just always present around you. And uh, for someone like myself, who who's a bit of an introvert, even with people that I love and care about dearly, um, time by myself is really important. And so it's a little more challenging to carve some of that out. Mm -hmm. um, so it requires a thing that I'm really terrible about, which is communicating with my partner <laughs> about like, Hey, as Palmer would say, it's shit right now. This is all shit. All <laughs> of this is shit. Um, so can you uh, just acknowledge it so that yeah. we can stop wasting energy? Can we just talk pretending about like it's not shit. <laughs> 
It's shit. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Man. So I mean, it, it's nothing other than just like yeah, uh, just consistency. Whereas before, if with one, you can kind of like pass a child back and forth if somebody's having a bad day or something like that. But so all that stops. There's no passing anymore. It's just I mean, you can. It's just one. No, I mean, you go on. You go on to man on man defense, dude. You get, like you move to man on man. My 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 kids are my children are seven and four, and so they're both at a fairly active age. And so one person with two children is, you know, you, you know, you got make sure that you you know you're you're planning on it, on being occupied by them, which is again a really fun time. But when you have other things that you'd like to do, or mm. you just you know, right right now at work, for example, I'm on six day work weeks. So I get one day off. Um, and so it's just, I'm not good at self-monitoring. And it, uh, I get, I, I like, no, I'm, I think I'm okay. I'm okay. Right up into the point where I'm very much not okay. And so trying to get a little oh, better yeah. at, at that, you know, noticing when, when things aren't going well for me, but, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's hard to hard to explain, you know. Uh, you know, it's not bad by any means. It's just all. It's always it's always on. You know what I mean? It's just you're okay. always there. And so, when you have bad days, I just I don't feel like I have the ability maybe to handle it the way I did before. So, but for me, my daughter is uh, going to be in second grade next year, and my son will be starting just half day preschools. And so, there's a chance that like on Mondays there's a chance that like my wife will go do something and the kids might be in school. And for like two hours, two hours, two hours, I'll have time to be in my house by myself. Dude, start mapping it out now. Like just start. You should do it now. Two hours. First two hour chunk. I'm going to do this because what happens is when you'll get that two, you'll waste the whole two hours <laughs> yeah, trying just, to decide. You'll be overwhelmed with the possibility yeah. and the potential that you'll do. No, I do that every time <laughs> I get that like brief moment. So, uh, yeah. And again, and I have I'm, no kids. I have no kids. You should I'm, just start mapping it out. Plan yeah, now. It's true. I'm exaggerating for effect, of course, but it, you know. It is. You just, I guess I just have learned to value some of those things a little differently than what I did in the yeah. past. Um, and my kids are very different. So each of them, you know, different resources for, you know, each of them, and, you know, everybody's, everybody's experience is certainly different based on the personalities of the children. And our first yeah. child slept through the night starting at like, I don't remember. To the point where we were like, where are all these horror stories about kids? And then our son hey. came along and, and 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 reinforced that concept to us. So, um, ah, so you also but, had a girl first and then a boy afterwards. Yeah, yeah. is that where you? Where are you at in this process of second child? Yeah, well, on the way. Okay. Uh, all right. Good. I, I just didn't want to make assumptions. Sorry. I, I didn't know where you, <laughs> <laughs> like. Less than m nine months on the way, or <laughs> oh yeah, we we are approaching T minus. Oh, I don't know, twelve weeks away from. Uh, oh oh wow. shit! The, wow, the, congratulations! Yeah. I will yeah. say this too. I will say this too. Sorry, uh, but that obviously 
being old, you know, in our generation, I don't know how old your parents were. I should speak for you. But like my parents were pretty young when they had me, but our generation has kids when we're a little bit older for generally speaking. And so being 41, you're, you said you're 42. That also plays, <laughs> plays into yeah. it. Yeah. I'm just fucking yeah. tired. You know, like yeah. I'm not in a good mood yeah. or a bad mood. Sometimes I'm just tired. So yeah. um, <laughs> I'm tired and I hurt. And it really looks like a bad mood, but it's not a bad mood. I'm just fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> I need to fucking sleep. Just can I just sleep? Can I take a nap? Yeah. How many naps did you take today? How many? Uh, I just uh, need one. Give me two hours. I, I turned down a game, a round of Judubu, which is basically bocce ball. You know, you when you roll yeah, your yeah. I don't get invited to anything ever. <laughs> and then this guy I know because he's the dad of a kid at the kindergarten invited me to his house this week you know it's my batch and i i just go do all kinds of, i can do whatever i want and uh and it looked like it was him and a bunch of his old friends with his wife as well playing a bocce ball in their backyard and i turned it down because i was too tired i said listen <laughs> i just i just don't have the energy and he never replied to the app because he's probably thinking what a fucking twat that it's <laughs> I didn't, he's like, I didn't invite this guy to go wrestling or to go rock climbing. <laughs> we're going to have a beer. We're going to have snacks, beers, and we're going to do this. Yes. Yeah. All day, all day I was nervous. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I really don't want to go, but I should go. It was nice they invited me. He's a nice guy. Maybe he has nice friends. Oh my God. But I really just don't, like, I, I would have to bike, you know, because Christine has our auto, our car, and I would have to bike maybe 15 minutes to get to his house. Oh, like home. I'm like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in the studio at like four o'clock, exhausted because what happened? I don't know. Something woke me up that night. Like my free night where no child, no girlfriend. And I think a fly woke me up or, or something else. Like I didn't sleep as well as I should have. Oh yeah. Cause I was up until midnight watching Sisyphus. Anyways, <laughs> I, I felt like such an old stupid man that I just, I turned down watching ball. I, cause I, but you know it 100 percent. yeah exactly i mean i still all right i can so definitely really... ball so imagine a newborn what? yeah no imagine a newborn that's a that's bocce ball just yeah you just stand this is there why i'm fucking scared yeah yeah oh man well you roasted yeah. this other challenge quite well I mean, I'm sure it yeah. was chal- challenging, but like, it's, that's got... why I think it's a different challenge. It's yeah. like, yeah. I was four years younger. I was much more better shape and it was just a uh, one. And so when that one would take a nap, you'd be like, nap time, two hours, <laughs> fly, you do everything. But now when the little one, the future child will take a nap, it's like, oh, now I have to take care of the four-year-old and make sure she's mm. happy. Like, oh. Yeah. There's no, there's no, you don't get the break anymore. You don't. I, I, I did a very poor job initially until I kind of came to terms with it a little better. Initially, I didn't, I was like, no, that's not, you know, I can still, I can still sneak away and get some time to, you know, watch a movie or play video games or do, you know, do whatever it is. And that just did not go well until I kind of just said, you know what, come, come to grips with better communication. Uh, you know, with my wonderful partner who puts up with a lot, but also just saying there's a, it's going to be a stage of life, right? It's a stage of life. It's going to take some time, but there are other stages of life that'll come along where I'll have the opportunity to have more time and do more things. But this is, this is what I signed up for. So 
It's the shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is the shit I said. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's shitty right now. It's not going to be shitty at some point in the future. Just have to endure the shit until that get to that oh, point. But, but part of it too, to, to Jacko's point, is the fact that we don't do a lot like in the first year. I mean, we do. I I shouldn't as far as like supporting, but like I, I I don't have breasts, and so I can't yeah. breastfeed, and yeah. so the, my my wife has to handle those roles. So my job goes to other things, and so it's hard to maybe for me just as a person to form like a super close emotional bond with an infant that I'm not necessarily involved with a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that sounds terrible. Like I hate my child. I don't, but it's just, it's just, I think as they get older and I get a chance to interact with them a little more and have, you know, have the ability to meet their needs where I didn't necessarily feel the ability to do that um, and end up just being like, well, go watch the the two-year-old. That is some of the most honest shit I have ever heard a person say, ever, and I really appreciate it. And I'm sure there will be people that will hear that and who will appreciate it also. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. We'll see. See how much Jackson hates his kid. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, of course. Oh, man. That's, That's hilarious. Oh, Jax, have you have you seen Blade Runners? <laughs> that <would> the... <laughs> Switch it up, hating children. I don't know Wait, where to go from there. That, can you can you just give an introduction of who you are and who yeah. Jackson is? And you were and, born, uh, you grew up. <laughs> yeah, you want me to give an introduction? No. Oh, I thought you were just making fun of me. No. <laughs> yeah. I am just making fun of you. Yeah. I love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was uh, referencing. But seriously, though, Empire. we do have we do have some questions. Uh, for, for, <laughs> no, for so if we don't, it, so if it's not that strong of a pivot, but it, it is a bit of a pivot, uh, we might just dip into these every now and then as we continue to talk and it's just something that we have done every opportunity we have to get a cabin kid on the show um so i see at some point in the future i would love to see some kind of when we like get all of the quote-unquote cabin kids on and we're able to do this uh i could see dave doing a mega like mix where he just like goes through the questions and gets the answers in a montage from like all the different cabin kids. That'd be fantastic. Uh, so these questions are actually derived from Twinkie. Uh, and um, maybe if we can just in laws of the conversation, if we can just pick one up and I shared these again with Twinkie and Dave, so you guys can work these in too, if you want to. So I it's not just all this. Yeah, yeah, get one. Please, get another yeah. beer. Okay. I just um to, to to give it a background, obviously, we're not trying to do anything, you know. I don't want you to relive any sort of trauma. Well, I I am just interested in how um you know, my view I think is very specific, right? And, and I guess for a while I'd assumed everybody else had a similar experience, but 
and just having conversations with people both on the show and outside of, you know, just in, in meetups like this, where, where conversations about the past have come up. It is interesting to see how people, different people viewed, uh, well, a couple months or a, a year, whatever it ended up being for them, um, together at a fairly life formative stage, or at least it felt like it at the time. Maybe it's less so now that we've, um, we reached middle age. Uh, yeah. Um, we're middle age. Yeah. We're middle, we're old middle age people. Um, so that's, I kind hope of, I get a second midlife crisis though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the genesis of, of many of these things is just, uh, to peek under the cap, if you will, of, of other people's experience because, um, other people aren't me, which I'm very glad to know. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. It's, uh, it's right. surprising to know that regardless of how uh, formative all the time was, it's surprising to know how little I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sure. This is a fact. This is, uh, I think, lots of any memories I have, either I've recreated out of fantasy or from watching other people's interviews or just watching the numerous documentaries Dave has watched of us. I'm only remembering me watching those documentaries because also that was so long ago. It feels like an actual memory. Yeah. It's just me watching myself on the screen. Uh, wow. I do wonder to some degree if nostalgia kind of does that to me, that I remember... I think I remember feelings and I remember ideas and I remember these broader strokes more than I remember specific, you know, yeah. Hey, on that, that one Friday night, we did X. I just remember the feeling that I had of looking forward to that or yeah, what, whatever that specific thing was. So I, I can relate on that level. Um, and, and, you know, there are specific things I remember, but, They're fading. <laughs> yeah. We don't do that here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get beer. All right. Do All it. right. Get a beer. Yeah. That's why you talk about them. So I can re- listen to these later and remember. I've actually been watching um, some of that old stuff. I, the last of my, I've been kind of working towards these newer documentaries the, um, about the recent past. I mean, that's the thing about documentaries. Or any filmed media, like you're always working with, unless you direct live television. <laughs> it's always the, the past. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, the nature of it. But anyway, I have actually been uh, working on um, remastering and uh, kind of then building up um, the elements of of the the cabin kid thing. So I've been seeing that uh-huh. a lot recently. It's wild. Yeah, it is. It's wild to even actually like as I look for the the raw bits of the raw footage like uh, and grab it it's like i'll hear a thing i didn't hear before or um just so it's it's funny because i do yeah put these documentaries together and they kind of shape an experience based on the available material going back to like 1998 or whatever and uh yeah it definitely colors my memories too you know because especially because i see those things and assembling them like countless times and so the rhythms Absolutely. of like the the soundtrack and stuff like that It's kind of like when you have when somebody tells a story so often you can almost tell it yourself um but like you kind of hear them telling it so it's like I yeah it is weird it's kind of it's far removed and so to even hear um like I watched uh there was that whole thing I think we talked about it with them so 
Jackson, to give you some sense, like we've done this not so many times. And uh, honest to God, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing it, but I was. I didn't booby trap you. <laughs> um, no, no booby trap. What's going on? It's oh, a question. Hey, it's hey. A, yeah. Well, by, no, the way, I was, by the uh, way, in 20 minutes, I'm going to say hello to Palmer. And, oh, by the way. <laughs> It looks suspicious, but I, well, no, what I was going to, I was going to ask if you were going to be available for like an 8 p.m., 1 p.m. start, but like on Saturday. And when that wasn't possible, and I was like, wow, if you want to just join us. Um, Perfect. But uh, yeah, but the last time we, we, no, maybe it was Crams. We last asked the questionnaire. It's just like five questions um, that Twinkie came up with. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've watched every episode. I'm your biggest fan. Oh. Oh. I've watched it. Not every, but I've watched actually a lot of them. Oh, wow. Well, I I won't waste time getting into it. But we we talked about with uh, Steiner about some of these questions. And and he had written this thing, like when we were making the photo book, um, there was a a much more uh, critical take on our group and um, the kind of uh, maybe judgmental nature of us towards other people. And uh, I, I, it was, it was, it was much far beyond like where we were, at, where I was at at the time. Uh, anyway, but yeah. so he, he was writing this thing in the corner and uh, there's video of it. And, uh, and so, and, and I remember like asking, it's like, Oh, it's cool. Could we use whatever you're writing? Like is incorporated somehow. And I remember him saying like, well, you may not want to, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> And so he he leaves, and uh, this is the piece of video I saw recently. That it, when we talked to Steiner, he was like, "Man, I don't remember that at all." Um, but it was like, so I think Bauman might have read it aloud, and it was kind of this whole thing of like how egotistical to make a book, and we make fun of, or like we look down on people for doing this, that, or the other. But we do this. I can't remember the specifics. What did Steiner write, Bowen? Here's what Steiner wrote. Make sure you get the shocked look of all the onlookers. How egomaniac is it to make a book with pictures of yourself? Not yourself in a personal sense, but us as a group. We often insist how we aren't big on building ourselves up, how we aren't cool, how we don't want people to see us as something cool, even people to see us as normal. Yet at every turn we implicate ourselves by our actions. And our speech. We complain how others suck. We buy clothes from Goodwill that we designate as so awesome. We so yes. We say yes. Whenever someone does something funny, we condemn those who don't act like us, those who don't dress like us, those who don't think like us. Whenever we bring something up that someone else doesn't like, the whole group comes down on the center. So are we really the better ones or the ones, the ones above the rest? We may wish we weren't, but act like we are. Mike Steiner. <laughs> I can see some of them. Oh, it's all true. It's all true. It's all true. Oh, yeah. But there's more. Uh, of course there's more. Why wouldn't there be more? Okay. How ego maniac is it to make a book on your own pictures? What well, is evident how self absorbed we are? I use self as a group. Personally. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> there often exist only two emotions when we gather self exaltation and self pity. We yell yes when someone does something funny. We tell people just for the clothes they wear. We turn on those who don't fit our ideal. We languish in and worship our depression. We try to outpathetic each other. We act like we should be 40 years older than we are. 
We grab the camera every time we notice something we do that is cool. We make up pet names that we use and love to death. We state how we work too much, sit around too much, suck too much. The truth is we do more than the other people, even more of the things they do that we hate. Like Steiner. That's it. But yeah, it was interesting because like uh, that led to a discussion that was in the documentary, <laughs> the, but I didn't include that. And so even just seeing like that bit, it's, uh, yeah, it's weird. We live an odd uh, existence because of my sort of interest in, in um, documenting us. And no one is more a victim of yeah. that than you. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I suppose it, it continues though. Now I have accomplices, so... Oh. Yeah. We'll ask. I'll ask. This one's. This one's pretty easy. It's just the first one on the list, uh, and it just it'll help uh, test the waters a little bit. So, if you can, what were your thought? Like, how did you see the cabin back in the period when we were going to the cabin? So, like. Can you remember what you felt like, how you looked at it? Did you, I don't want to lead too much. Go ahead, lead. Lead, lead, lead. Was it like a place where you could get away and smoke pot? Was it a, was it, it a, pot, oh, of course, I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah, <clears> there <throat> was not. I, uh, yes, there wasn't. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, see, there's a mysticism that I've built in my head around it. And yeah. so I'm always curious about other people's at the time, how they actually thought and about I, it. Yeah. Yeah. And if they, and if you, so like, it's obviously it's this thing that we keep talking about now. It had a very influential, it was a very influential time of our life, but I can honestly say if even then I don't necessarily think I saw the cabin I, I didn't see what was happening, like how special of a period of time that was. Like, I didn't recognize that at the moment. Right. Yeah. But yeah. even within a year, I was like, man, I'd give anything. You know, I can remember like thinking that a couple times very soon afterwards. Like, I would give anything for another cabin night or st something like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, yeah. No, it did not have a mystical quality, uh, regardless of the importance. Of the the, uh, the, the uh, importance of it was uh, obvious, but not from any sort of mystical quality. That came later, you know, like I said, uh, sort of nostalgic element that doesn't seem to go away. It sort of changes our con concepts of the nostalgia of it. But at the time... <clears throat> The magnetism of magnetism of it wasn't due to anything mystical. It was just the the place to go. That time it was the sudden equation of like where do we go to see our friends to do what we want to do, and it was just another version of how to connect with the friends. You know, going to movies was another version. We would go to five movies in a weekend sometimes. That was the thing. Um, uh, taking photos in abandoned buildings. That was another version of what you do with these friends. And uh, I'm just taking pictures, officer. You know these things. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, 
at the time it just naturally occurred, you know, or unnaturally, which is, I think maybe another um, question for me, it just was natural uh, that boom, 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 it became the place that it was literally just to solve an equation. How can we hang out with as many people as possible at the, uh, at a, at a safe place. And, um, the cabin became that, um, and just the physical, like the, just to, to sort of the answer to that question. It was just, um, I mean, was it just like the, the size, you know, it, it's obviously a fairly small building, but you're kind of out, out away from everything. And so you could have larger groups. I mean, I know that people did stuff in like uh cram's basement or uh, I'm trying to remember, there were some other, like somewhat hangout places, right. That people would yeah, spend yeah, yeah, yeah. time. Um, but I maybe just functioned as like a little bit of a place just far enough away. Yeah, exactly. You're right. The, the other version, okay. just pre-cabin, it was Sean's basement. You know, there's all these different little, as we got older, things changed. And then it just sort of got to the age group of, of the age we were at the time. The cabin was the perfect uh, solution because we had cars, we could drive out there. It was secluded. It was nice to be outside. We could sleep over. There was this early element of, of like flirting with girls, which because we were all so late in that, it was still not much it was going on, yeah. but there was something there, yeah. it was the interaction. And it was just the, it was the, like I said, the equation for how old we were at that time of our lives, it was the perfect solution of like where to go and to get away and to be on our sort of own little, own little world. Yeah. Yeah, we were lucky some some of our pals were so enterprising and uh, skilled in carpentry, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. And as I said, yeah. that's that's and that's where my my answer, you know, my history will fade out. Cause like I said, for me it just came naturally because suddenly there was this thing on offer to go to. Okay, great. And I still know besides only maybe the answers of some other people's interviews, I still know very little about the uh, the prelude to that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll here, here's my challenge to see what time it is. I'm going to give you like 60 seconds starting like right now. So um, I had become friends with three other people, um, Hartzler and then um, Aker and Steiner. And so through the church we grew up in, hey, there's a whole episode about that if you'd like to I have catch listened. up on that. Uh, but so kind of, no, I, I have listened to those. Oh, yeah. Isn't not, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well done. Other people have as well. Oh, we can talk about that later. <laughs> no, it's, it was great. I'm really glad I did those. But uh, wait, I'm here to bet you're getting into my 60 seconds here. Oh, so we got. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We had a chance to to do some work for his father, basically on their big, huge barn on their property. Take this, like I don't know what it was. It was like this sealant or something you put on tin roofs to like protect it from, you know, moisture and I don't know, whatever else. And, and in return, he would give us money to purchase all of the lumber that we would need to build this little cabin on the property that they were renting at the time. I don't know if they own it, but anyway, so for a week, I don't remember how long it even took. It was, ter- it was a terrible job. You're out on this hot tin roof and you had to do these big, like, they're almost like mops, but brushes. And you had to like brush this, uh, I don't know, 25 gallon containers, maybe more of this 
goo <laughs> onto this roof to kind of seal it and protect it. And so we, you know, I don't know what that would have cost to hire a company to do that, but that would have probably been thousands of dollars, but they employed the four of us to do that. And in return gave us, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks worth of lumber. Um, I don't remember, oh. what it was, but to, to build this thing. And so then they, um, they gave you a couple decades of memories. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Well That's done. Right. Well, well done. Yes, indeed. Uh, Aker and Hartzler were the skilled people as far as laying this thing out and, you know, oh, got to make sure we use treated lumber for this. And, uh, you know, and they, they knew some of those things or got help or knew people. I was just more there for emotional support and the occasional nail driving. Um, and I had a car, which was helpful. Um, and so that was, that, that was built over that same summer. And then of course, what happened, you know, more people hear about it. It has that level of appeal, I think, just in the sense of, you know, you can just go to this place and have a chance to be on our own and not, you know, worry too much about other people and the, the, the circle of influence expanded. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, drawing mm -hmm. people in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where your memories come in. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we enter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> da, da, da. From stage left. <laughs> First contact. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to influence it. Yeah, it does feel that way a bit. But there's some big personalities in our group, though. I wonder if, you know, with all the people coming and going, that's something I've thought of in more recent years. Uh, you know, you got your pumps, myself, even in my own way, <laughs> even if I, maybe more so now than anyway, but it, a lot of people came there, but somehow our sort of cluster of friends sort of asserted a certain, um, or maybe we just, we just came back more often. <laughs> that yeah. might've been the case too. Uh, for some folks, it might've been occasional, or but we were there every week. Or kind of that was just the M.O., right? Like, you just kind of made, or we made that that little group just, like, made its own place wherever it went. And was that against the wishes or, like, we just did it naturally, like, uh, you could call it a plague or bacteria? <laughs> and only now in these interviews do I realize, oh, wait, was that actually not so nice to... Uh, to the other three guys, especially, you know, if there's four of you, but Twinkie was the one, obviously, who was our, our connection. And I only know this later, that, ah, okay, were we on, and, and at some level unwanted? Or did we overstep our initial welcome of, like, like was there one evening where a lot of people were invited, and then did we take that as a, uh, like, uh, here's a key to the front door? Is that, is that the... I, I I think Truth that's it. Yeah. That might be one perspective. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think at the time, at least for me, I was a kid who just wanted to have friends, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, I, I don't know, I, just a weird, a weird little kid in Ritman, Ohio and didn't know, you know, I, very uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, you know, I'm just not, Sure. And that's probably a shared experience, obviously, among many people. And so for me, 
it was just really nice to have. I really enjoyed having those people out. Now, if you were to talk like like you're, I think, inferring to, to other three, then you get a little bit of a different perspective in that. But from my perspective, it was great to have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of these people, you know, and there, you know, people were singing and playing guitars. Uh, people would bring out food and it was just a really good time that I could look forward to and something I could do. So that's probably why my view of it is a little bit rose colored because I, I certainly was oblivious at the time to that sort of like potential disgruntled or less than ideal feedback that would may have been percolated. Yeah. And I think that's exactly where I was going to go with it too. If it's, if there, if you can find any reassurance in it, Jackson, it's, it's that none of us, it wasn't until like, we heard that perspective even that that even crossed my mind that holy shit you know like i can count on one hand how many times i saw acre out there and Mm. uh not that many more that i could that i can remember seeing hartzler out there but Mm. i sure as shit know we were out there every weekend you know yeah Yeah. so but would they have been uh, out there more if we weren't there right right weekend (laughs) <laughs> and, and the idea that maybe like I because I the type of fun we were having like Twinkie said like just to have friends that not only were you looking forward to go hang out with but they were looking forward to hanging out with you in the conversation and the fun that they were that everyone got to partake in out there my whole thing was well then if if I would have thought at all about it, it would have been like, well, why wouldn't they come out? They're more than welcome to come out and have, take part in this thing that everybody else is. Because I was definitely kind of an uh, uh, kind of an outsider on the sense that you guys had an established group already when I started coming out to the cabin, you know. So, uh, yeah, that again, just in hindsight, I would not have then I didn't recognize that uh, maybe we were overstepping or anything like that. I just saw it as this place that had an opportunity for anybody to have the same experience in if they just wanted to come take advantage of it. So, Yeah, there's something interesting that I, I saw in reviewing that some of that footage recently what, what, that I think harkens back to something Twinkie said early on in all this, where there's this idea like, well, some of the... Um, the inspiration behind building the thing was to get away, but I don't remember who it was. It was like chicks, man. I bet we could bring, bring some chicks out there. <laughs> and, uh, and the Twinkie, I think you're saying, you know, like, I think this was you Twinkie. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this idea or that, sorry, the dogs are freaking out. Um, that the, those, those other guys, the other founders, um, while you know, they got to hang out with like extra girls, say that that get came around because some of this, and they got to play guitar too, if that was something that they did, and got to partake in the in the fun. And I thought about that a little bit. It just turns out like, well, I hope that's true. You know, in the things that we've come to uh, consider these days. But so I saw this this footage of the it was the the night the cabin concert in, in July of two thousand or nineteen ninety eight, right? Which the last night that most people could be there before people started to splinter off. Those who were graduating high school, going off to the military, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so it was kind of this organized concert that 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 flowed in a way. It started with Hartzler 
playing country songs and then it then it moved on to Jackson and then Jackson was joined by Bauman and then Bauman stayed and played the first uh, weird kid with Crams and then and then you know kind of proceeded like this where like one person would come up and they would stay and there would be these little collaborations. So what I saw was like the footage with the the cameras there were problems with the cameras, the batteries and then the anyway, a lot of stuff ran out, but what I didn't remember was that like towards the end like there was a lot where like uh, the row would w- was wanting to play songs, but not really adhering to the the uh, the concert structure, and it kind of fell apart a bit. But you know, he got to do that, and um, I'm not bringing that up to to tease him or anything. But also, who did that was Hartzler. Uh, he would like come back up to the kind of the cabin deck stage to like sing more songs later. That he was like, and I got some more stuff for you. How about this? <laughs> so I was sort of surprised to see that sort of him feeling because like the the new narrative that i built in my head is this thing of like where they're all like you know like feeling kind of like on the outskirts of their own thing which is it's probably both right but uh that was kind of interesting to see like him purposely engaging and uh you know we showered a lot of praise on certain guys like hartzler because i mean hartzler looked like the marlboro man and we're we're just kind of like kind of constant um you know, effusive praise. And I, I found a, an un, unused in the documentary interview with Hartzler that was done like after the sun went down. Uh, but I just, the one, I was just buzzing through it, but the one um, response I heard asking him almost the same kind of thing. So this would have been probably within four or six months after that July 98, like it already, it was starting to kind of attain this like, oh, you know, we've missed the golden days of whatever. Uh, and so I'm asking like Hartzler about the cabin, kind of in a similar way as some of these questions are. And he just goes like, I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> That's kind of all he could say. <laughs> all right, just like count to three. One, two, three. How did you pick what you played at the cabin concert? I don't know. You Some know. of my favorite songs that I liked, and that had chords I could actually play. <laughs> uh, what do you remember about that night in general? Uh, way too much excitement. Everybody was way too hyper about it. Uh, wasn't there even some level of dating between him and some of the? Oh, I don't know. Us, one of the Smithville girls, or not? Am I making? Oh, I'm oh, I'm oh I don't know. All I'm trying to say is, you know, these things aren't. Yeah, I agree with Dave. There's probably a little bit of both. You're, you know, we're talking about teenagers, right? Fairly volatile anyway. Um, <laughs> right. And, um, depending on the situation at hand, or conversations that have happened, or experiences that you're going through at the time can be can be really intense um, so i think logan was the only person to make like real use of that cabin in a romantic sense to my oh wow hey Ooh, yeah <laughs> i was just down the road from him too so good for him well my memory yeah. of it we were all there <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but i could be making parts of this up oh, they went oh. upstairs right oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 just, yeah. 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 all right good yeah. uh, Good on you. I remember that. Right, right yeah. yeah. I think most of us were maybe not by the structure itself at that time. <laughs> yeah, my memory of that oh, was like kind of there was a fire at the base of the trail, but still out in the field. Uh, anyway. Yeah. 
That's a real like actual memory, at least a glimpse of it, of Logan coming down in his tank top. Well, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Scratching his belly. So, <laughs> so yeah. Colored yeah. by my fanciful imagination, I'm sure. <laughs> There's a fight club reference. His yellow. Oh, yeah. With the gloves. The yellow kitchen gloves. <laughs> itching his stomach. Yeah, we got to send pups that care package for Halloween. <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> well, uh, there are these others. How are you feeling, Jackson? Do you want us to yeah, uh, are you feeling talk Blade Runner instead? I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to do this if you're just like, oh, God, this is so terrible. And that's it's it's totally fine if it's terrible. Like, there's no, there's <laughs> yeah. absolutely no judgment in any of this. Because I feel like there is a broad range, and rightfully so, in the impact yeah. or non-impact of this specific thing. It was just more an idea to kind of draw that out um, mm-hmm. and have those conversations. Yeah, did you ever hear that? You watch that, listen to that heavyweights podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. I listened to the entire app because of that episode. I listened to every single episode of heavyweights. Oh really? Wow. That one about that long bike ride. Yeah. That was the first one. I'm like, Oh, I need yeah. another podcast. Oh, what's the next episode? And I listened to every single episode of heavyweight. It's a, it's a really good podcast. Oh, wow. Did you, did you did you also listen to it, Twinkie? No, I'm not sure what it is. I, I mean, I may have. Oh, yeah. The, the Heavyweight is the, the, one, the podcast that made the story about the, the kids who went on this long, like ridiculously long bike ride. And then uh, they finally reconnect like 30 years later. And they oh. all have slightly different memories about it. And Oh, I'll have to check this out. I'm sure guys- Dave has talked about it and I just haven't. Yeah, an episode. About, yeah, did you have a whole episode, or you just you mentioned it in your? No, we mentioned. Might have been like a Dave Diggs it. or something like that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But for some reason, then I got onto a whole heavyweight uh, trail, and I listened to every single episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. Anyway, check it out. It's a very good podcast. But no, I mean, I've cracked the beer. I got half left, so shoot, shoot, go for it. Give me, give me a good one. Give me a juicy one, though. Yeah, like, like hit us with the truth, Jack. You like, know, just, just really give it to us. We're ready. To yeah, we're ready. I got a half hour left. <laughs> is the order important, Twinkie? We could hit. No. One. <laughs> no. All right. No. Well, I'll, I'll ask the one that seems the most. They're just the, brainstorm. So this is a order. tough one. Uh, if you get that low hanging, if you take the number five, that's a low hanging fruit. <laughs> that is what I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I will that's, ask that's a hard gotta, one. Then. That's gotta be that's gotta be the last. You're one. right. You're you right. Gotta end on that one. Well, I do think there there is some value in the order here, um, but then this one might then be kind of a non. There, there, you might not have as much a response to this because we might have touched on it. But it's kind of the the flip side of that previous question about how you felt about it when you were going there week and week out. This is the follow up. Is like, how do you view it now? Like in retrospect, as a forty-two-year-old, yeah, as an old person, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I as I how do I view it now? Like I'm already past the, the echo of the cabin is, is is taking different journeys for everybody, and so there was the immediateness of it, and then there was this immediate nostalgia, and then there was this sort of like the strongest point of nostalgia of like longing for it, and. Um, I don't, and there was even even like fifteen years later, there was still a, an element of thinking about it at at times and comparing different things in my life at times. But like I said, because I literally don't remember a lot, because I've 
I've unfortunately, 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 whatever. I've done so much since then that I just don't remember anything because I've yeah. filled I, it I, in. I, I don't do that. I know I'm not trying to like, um, you know, embarrass you or anything, but to me, Maybe. you're like an international world traveler, right? You, you, you live in Amsterdam, right? I'm saying this, I'm this correctly. You've gone on and you've done all of these things. It would not surprise me at all if the cabin has faded away into yeah, to but obscurity. And so I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or anything. Yeah. I just want you to know that to me, you've lived this very full life and you've yeah. gone and done, you've pursued the things you want to pursue. You've taken these risks. Um, uh, I, I want to live vicariously through you in some ways because you have gone and done these things. And so um, that, that is an interesting answer because it is kind of to some degree what I would expect a little bit. I don't know. Yes. And then, but then, you ready for something that I have wondered at times how much of this journey is to find the new cabin. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I said, I, I don't think about it on a daily basis as much as there was a time. There was this immediate echo. There's even a 15 year echo that will be like, Oh, like really long, like mentioning it to people and, or, and, and, and uh, in conversations, I don't mention it to people up there. Also, I don't talk to many new people, but it's uh, it's only just a, a cis, uh, symptom of my situation now. But um, it doesn't change the importance of it in in my life. And I think if I, when I look back now, I can only look back and think how grateful, how lucky we were to have had that moment and yeah. uh, and literally because i think we have all had like i said literally I, I don't know if it's true but i have been chasing the new cabin for sure in, in many different ways and um and uh, because we were super lucky to have had this little box of uh of a world it was literally a box of a world we could dip in and dip out of and go inside and create a fantasy. I mean, we grew up with movies, we grew up with these fantasies, and yet we could create that for ourselves in this thing that we could then just leave. And it created such amazing bonds. I mean, look, we're still in boxes. You know, we would meet <laughs> in a square, and now we're just in boxes. But it could easily have like 10 more boxes around this. And it could be a uh, cram's face and pumps and it could be heart, sir. And we would all just play a guitar and, and, and it would close it and it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel awkward. Like it wasn't strange coming on here just now because such something was fused, you know. Uh, you can talk about silly metaphor. Oh, diamond is, you know, we fuse carbon into it. But literally, it was such a concentrated moment of time something incredible is fused in that time and it just goes on to still these not only these immediate relationships i'm looking at now on the screen that especially first with david and palmer with the the podcast but now tweaky you've been in it as much as far as i know as uh, as well non-stop for the past year or so so like you guys are still at it and it comes from this moment and it, regardless of the relationship you have now like i said for me because i've gone so far away I was often looking for a way to recreate it. And, um, and uh, it's a hard, uh, we were given a, a very difficult measuring stick to use in life. 
and it's not often that I have recreated it, but at times. And but the thing, and that's the thing. That's why I think the cabin, and that's hard. Even the hardest thing is that the cabin sort of slipped for me personally into a different spot because I did replace it. You know, when I was in Amsterdam, because I'm not in Amsterdam. I'm like one hour south of Amsterdam now. Okay. But I, while I was in Amsterdam, I had a studio and a shared space, and uh, I'm a forwarder there. And Dutch people are very strange, and so it's not easy to make contacts. And yet there was this uh, communal, um, where I had a studio was in a building, old uh, hospital where it was a mixture of where you could live or you had art studios. And then one of these rooms, they turned into like a communal kitchen bar. And so every Wednesday, someone who lived in this complex would make a big pot of soup and you could go there and get soup for two euros. And they had a cool uh, refrigerator full of beers. And you, and it was just a very social way for people to get together. You only paid for really the cost of the beer plus like 10% because someone had to go play gas. And because of that, I, I then started inviting the five or six people I had met in my life in Amsterdam. And it became a thing. It literally became a cabin. It became literally, people knew on Wednesdays someone would be there and it wasn't you know eventually we had an app we had a whatsapp and so we could say but it, it wasn't even necessary people just knew that we would be there on wednesday and it would either be four people or three people or two people or eight people and because i invited them and they still talk about it we still have memories of that and it's literally my second cabin but it wouldn't have existed had i not had a cabin before that and I knew I needed it. I knew I needed something that wasn't like a big deal where we had organized months in advance. It was just something that you just knew it was always there, at least on that day it was. And I've known in my life that since then that it was uh, important. And uh, I had to leave that place and enter them. And, uh, and we still talk about it, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. You know, the people who started it still do it, but I don't go there with my friends. Um, but the friends who went with me there, I still see, like, if I go to Amsterdam, it's the same group of people. And uh, one of these guys just moved back to America, and I immediately organized him uh, a dinner on our friend's boat and a boat trip in Amsterdam. But, like, I looked at these people, I'm like, these are the people who were four years ago who were going every Wednesday to get a beer at this place called Budapest. And even though that doesn't exist, we're still connected. Yeah. And so that for me is the, the, the lasting effect of, uh, of the cabin was it was a model for um, how to be with your friends. And either you can recreate it, and I've just been lucky enough that I had that circumstance, or you spend your life trying to recreate it. And you yeah. guys did it virtually. Yeah. This is your online cabin. And it's, it's different, but the same. But whatever it does, it, it just recreates you something, a safe place where you know. You don't have to make a plan. You have a routine. This day, you go on. My friends yep. are there. I'm free. And it's uh, and I can truly be myself with people that I've been myself with for yeah, like exactly. twenty plus years. You know exactly, exactly. You're not going to a bar. You're not going to a new place. Yeah. You to, you're not. It's not. Uh, it's just. Yeah, where you, where you are yourself, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Do you do you think the impact of the cabin to you also was that it allowed you anytime you wanted to strip completely naked, um, especially in the winter, and 
run wildly through a cow pasture? Did, did, do you think there was any part of that that may have played into uh, this, this uh, cabin experience for you? Yeah, well, like I said, the cabinet was just yeah. <laughs> the the next physical option. Like that existed before that. I was naked with the same guys in ponds and <laughs> houses and other fields. So abandoned buildings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spirit this is just music. <laughs> this is just an opportunity. Fair. Yeah. 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 Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any memories? Any vivid memories of the cabin? Like, is there any specific memories? Yeah. Yeah. Like something that happened or a night, anything that just you can remember aside from the, the, the concert, like the cabin concert. Exactly. Cause it's the thing is like, Oh, am I remembering that? Or am I remembering that from the video? And even when Dave talks right. about Archer playing, I'm like, did Archer play guitar? Was Archer even there? Like I have so, he sang. I didn't include this in the video. He sang a song. He's like, I'll tell you who wrote this. I didn't include it in the documentary, but it was recorded. I, I'll tell you who wrote this after I sang I sing it. He sings it and he goes, Bob Peterson wrote that. <laughs> Mr. Peterson, like the teacher, yeah. which I wouldn't even yeah, know yeah. that he knew. And, uh, but yeah, it's weird. Cause I don't remember that because it wasn't in the finished cut. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. But that gives me a good point, which I'm only remembering because of a photo, but the other teacher came to the cabin. Oh yes. I oh, know yeah, what you're talking cool. about. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. maybe um, Brett Lance. Yeah. Lance, I was going to yeah. say, Mr. Lance, Mr. that's amazing. But did it, did, did Peterson come as well or no? Am I just blending? In? I feel like that's I possible. Think he did one time. I think he did. But yeah, Lance came. So I have a few vivid memories. And one was driving to the cabin in my big old white car and being pulled over by cops. Oh, really? like on 57? Two times. I remember I have, I have two memories going to the cabin. One time was, no, the back way. The, uh, the, the one through, not Smithville, but like... Uh, you have two parallel ways to the cabin. Here's the cabin, my elbows, and one is 57, and one is oh, like 585. 585. And I'm going down there, and cops pull me over. I'm like, oh, fuck again. I had like 10 times to <laughs> pull over cops this year. And he's like, he's checking, I think he's checking my eyes or something. He's whatever. He's like, have you been drinking? I'm like, drinking what? He's like, I'm like, why? He's like, well, you've been swerving all over the place. I'm like, oh. Yeah, because I'm going to the cabin, and I'm going to sing a new song tonight, and I've been, I've been practicing. <laughs> I was literally in the car. And that is fantastic. Oh, I don't even oh. know what I was saying, singing, oh but God. I was into it so much. I was just literally fucking swerving around. And so he, uh, I didn't get <laughs> the other time I was driving through an insane snowstorm all the way from a pizza shop in Montreal, somewhere like that. I drove literally through an absolute whiteout. <laughs> the, the other, the vivid, vivid memories at, uh, I remember, was it New Year's Eve? Like, like I said, I have very few memories of of any sort of beer or marijuana, and that's sort of like the naivety. But that's also how I could convince my family that I'm just literally I'm just going there to drink cokes and smoke a cigar because in my brain that was true. And I remember on New Year's Eve there was beer. Why is there beer here? What do you guys want with beer? Sean's drinking beer, and I remember uh, I gave him a cookie. <laughs> Sean still ate with us, and <laughs> I gave him an Oreo. While he was drinking all his beer, and he and then that immediately made him sick. He was fine. And he, just, <laughs> he, started, he immediately started throwing up because I gave him his Oreo, and he, I'm pretty sure he still hates me for that. 
Definitely, the, it was definitely the Oreo. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. the many beers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> fine, it would have been fine. If right. it was. Uh, it, it, it's so reassuring to say to to hear you though talk about the like lack of marijuana and lack of alcohol because it's like I anytime it comes up if when it comes up uh, it's always like this is a group of friends that we were we did some of the craziest shit and had some of the most fun and there was no drugs or alcohol typically involved in the situation. Yeah, and, yeah, for uh, me there was none. I was never on anything yeah. through all this. I didn't start really doing yeah, either of those things until I was a grown up, <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh yeah. so yeah, it uh it is it is nice to know that other people also recognize that that we were able to do all that fun without the like the substance aspect of it that typically goes along with a lot of those teenage shenanigans. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and I think something interesting about that that I've been thinking about is like the difference for that to for me it's like the like social lubricant of drinking or something like that you just like kind of loosen up or whatever it gives you something like do with your hands what it, but like i think one of the things that's so remarkable then about the experiences that come from that time that are not colored by that is you can't just write it off to like oh we were just drunk you know or you know or that yep. person yeah. didn't really like me they were just high or you know it's like yeah, I have these like, lo- you know, I'm, I remember the general feel. I'm, there's a lot I do remember and a lot that's uh, bolstered by photos and videos and stuff. But I can definitely remember too, like having kind of, like I'd have, I, I remember this particularly with Pumps and Bauman, like where I would stay up all night with a person. It wasn't like calculated and it probably happened with other people or maybe not. Anyway, but it was just like, we'd stay up all night talking about probably everything there was to talk about being at that age. So like all kind of whatever was like weighing heaviest on your heart. And uh, yeah. And then you'd like be markedly closer by the morning, you know, for me, those nights, I like, I remember those nights or the feeling of those nights and uh, yeah, there's nothing to dull it. Like I remember with pumps and uh, I, there was a Dr. Pepper two liter and the pipe, the scalding hot pipe that at a certain point, probably once the sun had come up or something we had scalded the we like put the pipe and, and burnt through the the plastic of the two liter and the dare was to like will you still drink some of it and i think we each did but uh but yeah there's no kind of like the regret that can come from like oh fuck, what did i say because i was <laughs> you know had my cups or whatever i don't know so when i think about what's the significance of those things not being a part of it it's just like if anything the the sort of atmosphere that was fostered kind of created uh, this, all the social lubricant you needed, like the permission to, yeah, to be, to be yourself, which is just like a, not, I was never afforded that outside of my longstanding friendship with Jackson here, other than until the cabin. And that's, mm-hmm. I think why it was so transformative for me um, to be so quickly accepted like that. But, but yeah, anyway, I just want to throw that out there about the, uh, the alcohol thing. Cause I was like, you know, I think about that a lot too. And then I was trying to think like, why is that? Or what difference does that make? And I guess that's what it is for me. It was that it was not, you can't, uh, you it was can't just use acceptance, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was just like a magical yeah. light. I, I always think of it as life changing acceptance. I think was the phrase that came up when we first talked to Twinkie about it a few years ago. Yeah. I think part of the cabin yeah. too, for me, um, you know, is that it stands in stark contrast to a lot of the other things. 
in my childhood that I don't, I mean, without like, I'm not intentionally trying to bash anything, but there's not a lot about my, my childhood that I would definitely go back and just like, could wait to relive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fine. I, you know, but, but it, it, it was such a contrast. I think what, what David's or what you're talking about in that I've felt the freedom to just be my own person and do something on my own. Um, and maybe to show me how to foster those relationships further in my life. Um, it stands in stark contrast to having to act or be a certain way because of the church I was raised in or, um, uh, being inhibited in some ways because of that, or ex, you know, wanting to live up to the expectations of my parents or the people around me and not feeling any of that, you know, we could all just be weirdos and it was fine. Yeah. I wish I could do that more now as an adult, you know, but it, you know, there's all these societal things that I unfortunately feel like I still have to live up to or act like, or all those things. A little weirdness would probably go a long way for me. You've got the ticket now. You know, after last year, this year, <laughs> the ticket to do whatever the fuck you want. You know? <laughs> weirdness yeah. is accepted and requested and allowed. Yeah. Go for it. Certainly here in, in this in this moment yeah. and in this uh, space too. <laughs> right. Whimsy. But no, but, the, but I, I, I really have a question for you guys. Is that like I said, I just now I said I was very lucky. I was very fortunate to have my second cabin. And then, and then now I have and it's not really a second cabin, but where I live now is, is uh, super communal that there's, I live in a community of uh, people. We're all here, whatever. But besides this uh, podcast, have you guys been able to find your next cabins in your own lives, in your Minnesotas, in your Colorados, in your Dayton's, besides the podcast? Did you or did you not want one out of fear of out of demeaning the old one or or what? I'm just curious because, like I said, I was very fortunate and I have now already a second thing I long for and miss. But I'm glad I I rather miss it than never have it. Were you get Were you guys able to to have another one? I don't think so for myself. Um, the, the reasons that you kind of propose are interesting. I don't know if I've specifically thought about it. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'll, I will consider the reasons as to why I've not had a second cabin, but I have not. I, I mean, this podcast of course serves as a great reunion, but as far as like a separate event, you know, outside of the people, um, yeah. I, I have not. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that the closest I have come would be the group of people that I worked with uh, in that school that I worked with Double D at. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've heard him on here, Jackson. Yeah, I remember uh, the name. Yeah. And uh, so there was a so the camaraderie piece. I feel like I was able to achieve with that group of people. Because I mm. feel like I have made lifelong friends with them as well, uh, but uh, re- like a regularly recurring place that I would meet up with a group of people. I think I'm with Twinkie. No, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think part of it is I made such strong bonds with 
uh, like the cabin kids are, are a great example of that. But just from a certain period of my life, I made such strong bonds with like those close relationships that I built there that I have almost no patience to build new ones now yeah. as a, as an adult. Um, it, it's just like, well, I already have this, the, this group of awesome people that I know if I needed to, I could reach out at any point in time. So I have no patience for your bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> uh, which is sounds so awful and cynical, but it's just like, and I know I have plenty of bullshit too, but it's like, that's also the other side of it is like, I have already exposed all my bullshit to this, like these people from my past that I know I can rely on. And just even the energy of like re-exposing that to another group of people. I don't even want to put them through that, you know, like, but I already got these guys. They're already roped in, unfortunately. For them. <laughs> what about you, Dick? Same thing, like with a high bar. So I think uh, that maybe, yeah. And, and then I was fortunate to, uh, you know, I didn't go off to college right away. And even when I did, it was kind of start and stop to where I was kind of local. And I had enough kind of tied to the same people. Like it was able to keep those same relationships alive. Like sometimes I would see some people more than others, but then even when I moved to North Carolina, well, I moved, I married a cabin kid kind of, <laughs> um, but like Sean, uh, Krams lived in, um, like 25 minutes away. So I would see him and like, that was just real happenstance, but I would see him, um, a little bit and that kind of kept that connection alive. And then of course the, the marriage to the cabin kid <laughs> failed. And I went back to Ohio where some people still were anyway. So it's been able to kind of like, I've been able to spend enough time with the same people that, it, that maybe that those are just the reminders of like, um, that high bar. And I spent like the 10 years, uh, playing music, you know, singer songwriter thing. And, uh, and I met a lot of people and there's kind of a community around that to some extent. Um, but that's different. You know, like people are kind of, there's a, it's less <laughs> pure, like people got things they're trying to achieve. And it's not that people are using people necessarily, but it's like you have a kind of a common interest rather than, uh, a real investment in each other. Um, there, there certainly is some of that. And so I'm one of the better friends that I've made since then, um, he plays drums and many other things. Uh, Brian Yost, um, I met when I was in Kent, Kent state and he's from Northeast Ohio. And, uh, we, we stay in touch. And I think a common thing for me then became the creativity of it all. You know, for me, um, I never really played music for anybody till I went out to the cabin, even though it was something that was part of my family. I didn't play for other people uh, until I went out there. And to some extent, I think I just did it because I didn't know how else to interact, <laughs> you know? Uh, and uh, and yeah. then that kind of became such a thing that we all uh, shared. And you'd like, I love that story. I didn't know that story about getting uh, pulled over, rehearsing a new thing. And yeah, so that, that became, and then then because of the filming the thing, filming the concert was meant to just be like a filmed concert, but then the cameras didn't work and all this. And so I was like, well, I want to still make this work, but in order to do that, I need to like have things to help edit it, give some shape to it. So I read a book on documentary filmmaking and filmed some interviews of like Twinkie and I in the cow pasture and, and you by the skulls of the, the barn below and said, you know, had some of these same discussions, but then we made that uh, book of photos and that was kind of filmed. And uh, yeah, just, 
I don't know, for me then, a real part of the legacy was is the creativity amongst the people, uh, both there, but then kind of carrying that principle over to where now, um, I just, that is a, it's a, it's a weird quirk of my personality to make these things and to kind of make them into, like always be making stuff. But I lean into it in a way that I just find a great deal of joy in. Like the last time I spent significant time with Yost, I was just wanting him to play drums from remotely on a couple of songs. And he's like, well, how about I just come out and record like all the songs at your place for like a few days? I was like, well, that sounds amazing. And he's like, we should probably film it all. I was like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Are you reading my mind? Maybe a good time. documentary about us filming it all. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, wow, amazing. Yeah. He knows you so well. So I don't know. He I, I, I haven't, uh, I mean, so there's, that's a new, that's a newer person. You know, there's this thing too, uh, the bride and I are close to one of her colleagues who, uh, is, has been writing some fiction books and he's, he's this really smart guy. I don't want to give too much away, but for what, for whatever reason, he just decided to work at a golf course up in Northern Minnesota over the summer is like to say he's overqualified is just insane. And he has nothing to do with, I like, I don't know why he chose this, but so last time I saw him a couple weeks ago, He's telling all these stories from this golf course. I'm like, Jesus, this is the best TV show sitcom I've never seen. And after regaling us with him for a long time and talking about like, should he be writing about this for magazines or whatever? I'm like, okay, if you do not put this into a, a written form by the ne- by the end of the summer or like once the summer is over, I'm not going to require anything further, but you will sit across from me and I will record these stories and I'll give them to you. I'm not going to do anything myself, but they got to exist because this is too good to waste. So this kind of like pathology, I think, started by (laughs) being uh, surrounded by that, uh, that kind of creativity that we all sort of, you know, people don't have to be good at music there to be encouraged to play it or anything else. And I think uh, that's a real gift of it. So I know it's a, long walk or a short drink of course but it for me it, it's more the idea and the practices there that have been carried over than finding any kind of recurring place yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's enriched my life yeah. immeasurably you know it really set the template for the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think big part of not having the next ones is because it didn't need to and it was and, and it's a hard act to follow you know, you guys are a hard act to follow. And especially for, like, yeah. it's really sweet to have uh, Twinkie living vicariously through me. But Jesus Christ, my, my feet are worn out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's not a story I wish upon anyone. So um, I think I had more of a necessity because, you know, this old little format is quite new. All these little squares, we can talk to each other. But when I first started leaving the country, they, it wasn't so easy. And so I literally had to work to necessarily replace, but I needed a new cabin and I needed new friends and it doesn't come easy sometimes. So, um, and the problem is it becomes a, uh, uh, curse in a way that's because I've left a few places now. Now I've left a few different groups and it's, it is exhausting, but I was, I was at times I became happy that I would, I would actually create this new group. And, and I, I've called maybe even Dave knows I've called some other guys, my new Dave. Cause obviously we you know that Dave is, was one of the, after Sean, then Dave and I had the closest friendship with all the movies and stuff. And so it's hard to leave. And, um, 
and I've been fortunate that it hasn't had many, but in each place, I've been able to at least find the buddy, but like in London, but then I've had to leave London. So now I've left second day of already back. And then also in Amsterdam, well, it's only an hour away, but it's a lifetime away because now I have a child. So I go to Amsterdam once a year. So I've left like, there's all these clone days, like these new <laughs> friends that I have. But there, and I've left now three behind, which is exhausting. But to show you, like I said, once again, what was formed in that time, show you how strong it is, is that I'm not on Skype with them now. Like, or whatever this is, Zoom, that uh, yeah. I could be. And actually, maybe tomorrow I am, because this reminds me to, to contact people and to take that time. And that maybe, you know, Dave, too, I'll, I'll, I'll get on to WhatsApp tomorrow. But um, it, it shows you how amazing that time was, is that... Uh, this, everyone's still around and you guys are still around and we're still together having, having a drink and, uh, and, and yeah. yeah i think you you make some very good points it's it's really challenging at least for my personality who i am as who i am as a person to like want, get to know someone and then now you want to get to know them enough to where you're probably a little bit vulnerable you know you open up and you share about yourself because you're close yeah. to someone and like those things especially in my stage of life it's, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of energy. And those are two things that I don't have. <laughs> and so what a great opportunity to not need it necessarily. So, yeah, I, I mean, not that it wouldn't enrich me and not that I, I mean, I should do it. It would be enriching. It would be positive, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like it, the only advice I can say is don't, and this, and this is me talking to myself. I'm imagining myself in these other screens is to do not walk away from the opportunity. You know, a friend in real life is different than your 30 year old friends on the computer, which I hope in 20 years are still doing this, but like with holograms or something. And I hope I'm projecting oh, you guys in the room and we're drinking. Beer. I swear to God, that's going to happen. I look forward to that. But it's it's so important. It's hard as to say goodbye when you leave the cities It's to have the, the, the physical person. And like I said, I'm just lucky. I'm just, I'm just lucky. But fuck it. But like where I live now, I don't have to look hard. Like I just suddenly I have like 60 neighbors around me who are all young creatives and we all built our own house. And um, one guy specific also shares a studio with me, you know, next door. And, um, and there's the other guy, the most, I'm the most exotic guy here besides a guy from Australia. And, uh, so. Uh, and we are just, take him out so you're the most exotic guy yeah exactly it's tempting no it's uh, <laughs> uh, but it's so I, these guys I, I i start to hover towards because it, it doesn't take any effort and there's other guys here i have also really good connections to but it doesn't work you know these other two guys have children and it just we have the same lives and unfortunately that's the only that's a big magnet of it. And it, I have, like I said, other neighbors who are just really cool guys that 20 years ago, we'd be best friends, but it, I have to make an effort. I have to call them to organize the night to have a beer and it doesn't exist, but it's when my kids are walking around the street to the other guy's house and we sit down and we, suddenly we have a beer and suddenly we have a barbecue and suddenly we're up till midnight. I'm like, ah, great. And so it's these, these easy accidental friendships that I find are, uh, super beneficial and uh, like I said I don't I don't fortunately I don't have to look hard for them but I'm getting better at not it's very easy to not go to the house or to go for a beer and to stay in the room 
and uh, to do your own thing. It's very easy to do that, but it's also super beneficial to not, to like just break down that border and go sit with that guy in real life. And like I said, the guy who, he's a new neighbor where I live, but first he was a neighbor at the studio and we were there for a long time. And then suddenly we're outside talking about things. I knew his mom was not well and suddenly his mom passed away. And I find out, uh, you know, he's young, he's 30. So his mom was not young and his mom just passed away from cancer. And so he, he needed someone to talk to. And I, eventually through the story, I took a while. I'm like, yeah, my mom passed away 25 years from cancer. He's like, oh shit. And so there was this bond there that, like, that doesn't happen often. You know, I don't know anyone else, but suddenly there's his neighbor. And then it took many other weeks to find out, um, like in his story about his mom passing away, it was all about him and his brother coping with it. I'm like, what's the story? Why is it just him and his brother? I'm like, buddy, what's, where's the dad in this? He's like, oh yeah, my dad died a long time ago. I'm like, fuck mate. (laughs) What do you you mean he died a long time ago? I'm like, oh shit, how? I'm like, so then suddenly... My mom also died a long time ago. So somebody had this long, like young age death of a, of, a, of a family member. But then when he told me how his dad took his own life, I was like, oh, shit, mate. He's like, so then suddenly there was this like this, this multi-level like connection that's, ah, okay, I don't get this from someone else, but I have now this guy here. And um, we're not going to go that route again, probably. We won't go, it, and we don't need to, but I know it's there. You know, it's yeah. just sort of like underground. We're going to meet because our, our daughters are playing in the, in the playground. And that's how we're going to see each other. And our wives are basically the same woman. They do the exact same work. They're just like 10 years different in age. So we have <laughs> such a similar life. It's crazy. But underground, I know that there's this really strange, like, connection of grief that uh, be- will become the basis of it. And I, And that's, for me, that's important that I find these sort of, uh, things that uh, uh, helps on the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. Yeah. Cause I think, I think uh, yeah. when I think about my, I don't know how rarely I make new friends, especially on my own or any lasting ones. I, I think a lot of times it's just like, well, man, I don't, you know, spend time, you, you encounter people maybe through work, or like when I was doing music and stuff, I would meet people through that. But otherwise, it's just kind of through work, which can be frustrating. And uh, you know, certain contexts in which you know people. But man, what, what we were just saying that resonated so much of like just like wow, I wonder where that might come from that I haven't allowed to get to that place. Like those those can, things you stumbled upon, those really deep things, that bonding. Yeah. That, like there's a like a two prong, you know, trauma there that you bond, you bond over. One is enough, but Jesus, but like, you don't get to that if you're just like, well, I don't really like the look of this dude or lady, <laughs> you know, I don't think I want to know them more. Uh, and so you, you don't, don't have you the know. chance of running into someone who's a Trump supporter there. Do you like, it's always like a time <laughs> yeah. bomb. You get to know someone you're like talking. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they seem like a pretty decent person. And then they start going on about QAnon and you're like, Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty safe from that here, unfortunately. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. It's good to know the infection has stopped at our borders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's late there, no, but uh, it's been yeah. awesome that you've been uh, so game for this. We've yeah. touched on a lot of these. Do, how do you guys want to like t- touch on? Do you want to like mention the verbiage of some of the others or just be like, well, this is covered? 
Yeah, one good, um, one left. I mean, there's one. Well, great we'll say one. there is one good. There, yeah, there's one great one, but that's like that. We'll sign. We'll sign off with that one. That yeah, might need. Just, that might need some explanation. I think for for you know if there's some memory gaps. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Oh yeah, That'll be fine for sure. Uh, I'm. I guess I'd be kind of curious about just the the, you know, um, did. I don't know. We grew up in a small town, Ritman, Ohio. If you look at how it's broken down by by its religion and social and religious views, you would find it pretty homogenous. Um, but did any like anything, any experiences at the cabin or, or talking to people or just the freedom maybe that you felt, did any of that influence how you currently view the world socially, religiously, um, how you view the environment. I have no idea. Did, did anything like that happen there or would you view it as more as you think of maybe laid out emotional, uh, sociological kind of function? Yeah. My immediate response is the, is the sociological effect of it that I don't think I was, I didn't, I wasn't awakened to any sort of worldview or philosophy or, religion or any I mean I don't think there was anything like that besides like I, like I just talked about the sociological effect of having a place with your friends and the help, learning how strong and important that was so I, I don't I don't know if I have a uh, an answer I don't know if I even understand the question that's <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I, you know, this is not surprising to me at all, because if I, at least from my perspective of that time period, I feel like you were the one doing a lot of the influencing on those things. I feel like you had a lot of that stuff, even though you might not have thought formally that it was, but I feel like you came to, you were one of those strong personalities that came to the cabin with a lot of that shit figured out that then got emulated by a lot of the rest of us at the cabin or the, if not emulated, at least it influenced the rest of us at the cabin, you know, um, uh, experiencing music is one definitely that I took from you on, on just like how to, you know, there's a whole process I'd be naked and in the dark and you know, experiencing music. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Experiencing yeah, yeah, music. Yeah. 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 Look at that. He instantly, he's like, Oh, experiencing music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we want to yeah. talk about experiencing. Music. <laughs> we have to, I like to call it experience them. You don't just hear the songs while you're you know, in your car driving or you're doing homework. You have to actually put yourself into the song because the song is not just a collection of notes it is a whole other world and you have to put yourself in that world to actually know what the music is and so what you do you take the cd and you have to turn off all the lights and i'm not talking you know shut your light off and you have all the sunlight coming through your blinds and you got the little red dot in your cd player and a little white line underneath the door get rid of it all it has to be completely dark you have to lose all all your senses and so I'd take a towel. I'd actually take a towel. I'd put it at the bottom of my door so you couldn't see through it. I'd hang a towel from the side of the door so you couldn't see through it. I'd put putty on the red dot in the CD player so you couldn't see that red dot. It has to be nothing. So when you open your eyes, you see nothing. And you listen to the song. You start. First, you have to take a while. 
Take a few deep breaths. About ten. Close your eyes. Put yourself in the world. Hit play. Throw the remote. And as soon as the music comes on, become it. Say it's a drum beat. Become the drum beat. You got one arm doing the drum beat. The guitar comes. The other arm's a guitar. And as it swells, you swell. And as the song comes in, I mean, as like the vocals come in, you don't know the words yet the first time. But you know how he feels, so you become how he feels. You just move, you just move like how he would be moving. And then your whole body's doing this. So I'd actually be doing this. I'd be in my room, sometimes naked. Naked's better, but you know, sometimes I have people in the house and I want the bowling door and hear me naked doing this. So if I had to avoid that, okay. So I'd, so I'd be in the room, blue in the dark, doing this to the music. And you just do that. You actually have to make the music to actually become it. And so that's probably my obsession with you too, is that I don't listen to it. Especially the first time. That seems religious to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I feel like it's not surprising to me that you're like, no, I don't really get what that's at because I feel like you were the one of the sources of any of that that would have impacted the rest of us mm. at, later into life. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because you had a confidence, which I know is always funny all of us at some point will always talks about how confident we saw everyone else, but then we will all admit to being super insecure. Yes. Uh, but like you had a confidence and an understanding I about life that uh, I definitely did not have and um, thought was just so much more evolved and higher than anything I had considered about life up to that point. And Pumps was definitely that way too. Um, Bauman for sure. There was there was just a group of you, Crams to a certain extent too. But there that just the rest of us that were there though were the ones that like we were getting all this insight from. I didn't know you too. I didn't know uh, anybody else thought about any of the things that we would talk about at the cabin until you guys started talking about them, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's, that's not surprising at all. Your answer was not surprising at all to me. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I feel like the rest of these on your, uh, talking about like your second cabin and your, your need to find those really, uh, what what kind of effects on your experience of the cabin have you had uh, continued in your own path? I mean, right there it is. You just see you're searching for that. Um, do you, th this is one that I guess we haven't touched we formally, but it, we have talked about it a little bit already. On just how like we're all squares. We've created this cabin and we're cop right on and we can do this. But does it surprise you? Maybe this is a different way we can ask this question. Is it still surprising to you how easy it is to just pick up with us and act like there wasn't? I mean, it's been a year and a half since, at least since I've seen you. It was yeah. December of 19 was the last time I saw you. And then before that, I couldn't tell you how long it had been since I seen you. Years. Yeah. Easily years. <laughs> yeah. Before that night, exactly. I don't know when it was. Yeah. I think it was even longer for Twinkie, absolutely. Yeah. And so. Uh, do you still get surprised by it? How easy it is to just like, we can just sit and have this like very heartfelt, very deep conversation without that thing that we 
say that we're seeking and seeking out our second cabins, is it surprising that it still exists even across all this time and space with us? <laughs> yeah, it's only surprising intellectually, like when you sit and think about it. But in the yeah. moment, natural, you're just like, bup, 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 like that night at Corey's and oh, everybody's here. And and, I, and it was only afterwards I thought, oh, I did. I barely even talk to you guys about what your life was since the time before that because it immediately became to just being in the room doing la 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 but i was like oh shit there's so much about these guys lives that i really should have sat and actually talked about it didn't happen that night funny enough because the immediacy of it is so just like uh, normal as even tonight yeah. did you know when Dave says, oh, you're going to come on. And I think it's oh, not nervous, but it's like, oh, it's a big deal. And blah, blah, blah. But then immediately we're just talking about random stuff before you guys get into these questions. Because it's just so normal to see your, like, I, I Skype my, uh, I always say Skype. Skype is in 1993. It's great. Skype for me is a verb. <laughs> to seeing anyone on some video <laughs> on or phone, it's called Skyping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Like, Zero. Zero. Because I am 42. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I every feel you. Yeah. <laughs> every weekend I Skype my dad and my sister on the phone. And so this felt like that. That even though it's also been a year and a half since I saw you guys for real on Corey's. And before that was 10 years. It was not like we had to catch up after a year and a half. It was like, oh, hey, what are you, right. guys, what are you drinking tonight? What are you guys doing? And so it's only strange when you ask me a question if it's strange. But... We could have not had questions. We could have just shot the shit for two hours and then uh, say, okay, see you guys in 2030. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. But that's that's when you find, like, that's when you know, ah, okay, these are friends. And it's, I'm not going to work too hard to replace them, but I need other ones, but I'm going to keep these around. Because I, I have another friend of mine who is unfortunately shit with communication. He's a, a guy in Connecticut. So when I lived in New York, this guy was a, a fantastic friend of mine. I knew him actually before that when in Pittsburgh. Actually, we both lived in Pittsburgh at the same time. And we both ended up going back to New York. And just, uh, so Justin and Delka, Dave, you might know these names. The guys yeah, I, I thought I was going to, I was going to say Justin, but I was like, no, let the man talk. But I'm so pleased I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, so they're like the closest friends while in uh, New York. And after leaving though, this guy is just sort of rubbish with communication. This guy is not... Only recently he's on Instagram, but beyond that, there was not even emails. It would just be like a year of silence and it would be the same thing. But New York was a place I kept going back to. So even though I would be no communication in the year, I would still go back to New York and I would end up eventually back at their house or something. And he was always the one saying, why, why, why would I email? Like, there's no reason to email. No, this is all just pointless because I know when you come here, it's going to be like you didn't leave. Like, I, I know you're going to come here, but it's just yeah. going to be normal and it's fine. And you really had the concept of uh, cutting out the middle shit in between of making sure the friendship lasts. So we have to send like little bullshit uh, yeah. messages um, because you knew the friendship was at this base level that you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be there. You know that. And that doesn't happen often, like it, but it happened yeah. with you guys. And, um, and it's definitely not malicious, like take being taken for granted. I, I, I think like because an outsider who or who might not have experienced that could hear that definition and be like, oh, well, that's just your that means you're taking it for granted. But that's not what it is either. I don't think yeah, I think yeah. it's just. It's confidence, like having a, right? just confidence yeah. that you 
you, you know, a person and that you yeah, know exactly. what you're, you know, your relationship, you know, who each other are. And yeah, it's yeah. like, it, it, it's a permanent part of you. Like you got your, my relationship to you guys is a permanent part of me that will yeah. always be there, you know? So, uh, I can totally relate to that perspective for sure. We're, uh, we did not talk any Blade Runner whatsoever. <laughs> was, that, is... was that the topic tonight? Yeah. Oh, that's totally that, fine. That, that was, no, are you kidding me? This was yeah. just a fantastic <laughs> turn of events. Yeah. Uh, this could be a thing where we just talk about talking about Blade it's Runner. It's the new but we Logan. We never yeah, really new... talk about Blade Runner. Oh, Logan's right. going to be on next week. Next episode's Logan. Yeah. And the cabin has been a huge thing in my life. I mean, if I didn't have the cabin, I wouldn't have the friends I had have right now and I made such great friends and we became so close with the cabin and then we lost the cabin it was such a disappointment in in my life and I just it just made me sad and that's where the whole sad song part came out of it you know I just really really was sad all the time and then going back to school knowing that when I came back I wouldn't have the cabin and I wouldn't have that place to go whenever you know that was just always set. You could just go there and then your friends would be there, you know, that went away. And after the cabin, I mean, I didn't include this in my song, but after the cabin, there was just so many other things that just left us, you know. Palmer moved so we couldn't go to Palmer's house. Um, before that, we had the tracks and then we couldn't go to tracks anymore because I almost got arrested. And then Denny's, and we hung out at Denny's all the time. Now Denny's is it's closed. I mean, it's just like, we have a place that we want to go and, and hang out and it just, we can't do it anymore because it, it goes away. And right now I feel like so empty because I know that there's really nothing that we can go back to when I come home. I mean, besides calling my friends and finding someone to hang out, it's like, it's gone. I mean, even Mapledale, that was, that was a place to try to replace the cabin the cabin with, but I mean, Mapledale's gone because Katie's gone and we really can't go there now. And, and it sucks that Katie's gone. She's gonna be gone for two years. It just feels like so many things are falling apart. And uh, I mean, and then and that's where Steve comes into play. I mean, I'm sure we got together as a band to, to really, not just to make music, but to be closer and to keep a, a tight grip on our, our friendship. We are actually over time. We're uh, uh, of our scheduled time. So, and I know it's getting late, definitely for oh, Jackson. It's almost yeah. one. Yeah. I should have been two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! So let's uh, let's let's wrap with the last question, Dave, and then we can get out of here, and everybody can go piss and do their <laughs> normal old man shit that they need to do. So yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, you yeah. just piss it in the bottle. There that's you go. Considering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna piss in the cheese grater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That needs to be at the beginning. I'm gonna like a metaphor for my no life. Reference. Yeah, like, no reference. Five years since uh, the good days. I want that to be the only one at the beginning. Like yes. the, the just that, just like I'm gonna piss in a cheese grater. Bum for the dump, for the dump, for the dump, for the dump. You know, like just. Like... <laughs> I want no reference, no context. 
just that and then right into the intro like right into it uh, that's perfect that that, uh, that reminds me of like what you're what you were saying before about jackson being such more of an influencer than perhaps someone who might have been influenced and uh in uh in one of those video clips from those interviews that were recorded to help shape the concert that was that didn't quite work out with the recording we were talking about the nicknames you know we talked about jacko here and on this show we you know we use nicknames just to so people can have respectable jobs and not have things they say here be drawn into it necessarily um but so when asked when someone asked uh, we asked bauman about the nicknames he says most of these things like all of the stuff that we blow out of proportion comes from something jacks jacko says once thinks nothing of and we like refuse to let it die that's this <laughs> words exactly <laughs> Next question. <laughs> names, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the names. Um, I, when did that come up? Oh, I mean, you, you already know all the history. We got pumps from the, 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 the stuff like that. I always fought them. Tell your version of your name. My name? Yeah. I got Jacko from... Uh, Michael Jackson. They always had it in the tabloids. Wacko, Jacko's Backo, or uh, stuff like that. So one day we were playing. Someone else had a totally different explanation for this. They were just absolutely wrong, which is the beautiful part. But uh, we were playing uh, poker at Sean's. No, Monopoly. I started saying something about Jacko. Just referring to myself as Jacko for no good reason at all. Just as a joke, I had no intentions of ever saying again. Well, actually, I did use it once more. But at that time, I was just saying, hey, Jacko. Oh, yeah, Jacko's on a roll. Woo! Jacko's on fire. And uh, I remember the one line, they're asking me, uh, why Jacko? And I said, hey, if you had a chance to meet Jacko, wouldn't you take it? Oh, no, now look where I'm at. <laughs> Eat those words. But uh, I remember, okay, after that, we were at the BW3s. I guess it might have been before that, actually. But I remember being at BW3s where you type in your name, and uh, I couldn't fit Jackson in, so I decided just to use Jacko. But now that you think of it, I don't know if that came after or just before. I got no fucking crack. Jesus. But yeah, after that, though, of course they went haywire, and uh, that's all they uh, called me for the longest time. And I fought it, I think, at the beginning. Then figured, uh, like any normal person, you'd get sick of it and it would die out. And uh, But no, it just grew. It grew more and more. And I fought it again at the end of the score here. But uh, I decided to lay low because I didn't feel like pissing everyone off. You know, it's the last of the score here. So I tried, okay, well, fuck it. And uh, summer went through. And eventually I decided I should fight it again. Try to erase it before everyone left. And that's just forever remember me as Jacko. I knew a kid back in school named Jacko. So, uh, I never liked Jacko. No one bit. Um, Fucking Jacko. Oh. Yeah, see, like in another life, you'd be like an Instagram influencer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were an influencer before that was a thing, like a living you could make at it. But I, I, I mean, I really feel like that if I think about it back to like, 
the quote unquote style of the cabin, I could see you being right there close to the top as like, and that flowing down into everyone else. Like, uh, it, it very much so. So here's the question. How much, how, how am I, how come I got so much shit during Steve? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I can't speak for the other guys. Still not, still not an answer though. <laughs> not, why the fuck no one gave me some slack during Steve? It's why no one gave me the credit I deserve for starting that fucking band, for naming it, and for making it as great as it was. <laughs> Uh, that was- I would, I'm here to give it to you, my friend. I, I, we all, yeah. I mean, it's too late to get it, Steve. We need to have a Steve show, I guess. <laughs> but- yeah. We'll just have to get you on again for a Steve reunion. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to embark on a musical experience. An experience we like to call Steve. But we'd like to warn you, we don't claim for this to be music. It is not music. It is Wemo. What? What's Steve? Sean Cameron? What? I know that kid from high school. I hated that. <laughs> Wemo, what is that? Yeah, I like to order a Big Mac, Coca Cola, and a side order of rock <laughs> and roll. This was a camera. Nothing. Put it away. Does, the, gov- does the government know you're working here? In studio tonight, we have two members of the new band, Steve. <laughs> They're doing a gazebo tour this summer. If anything really big happens, I'm good. That's so, a big gift. Uh, Steve, come and answer. 2000. Guys, do you think you'd be as close as friends with them now? Probably a little closer. Probably There's been some tension. Those first couple weeks turned me off like that because because of that. Thinking, hey, these people don't want me in there. And so after a while, I got actually kind of just you know discouraged. I got turned off by it. I'm like, oh, screw them. The band has been a bit more frustrating than I expected <laughs> because we have such a, a limited amount of time to do stuff. We have to prioritize them. The priorities are often different. Dave's too much of a perfectionist. It's just not fun for me. It doesn't like I hear it, it's like oh, this sucks. Like I hate the music. Like it's not working. So they had their songs. They had their parts, and we're gonna play these freaking parts over and over every goddamn day, every chance we had. Because we had Katie's party in a week. Now, if we're not perfect in that week, I swear to God, I'm gonna kill myself. I was like, holy shit, what are you guys doing? We don't have the illusion that like Steve will continue on and on and we're gonna pursue record contracts. I'm gonna have it. Well, <laughs> see there right there. This is, like, what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Rolling, <laughs> here we go. Look <laughs> 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 at we're like five and uh, we grew up in the same town and now we kind of are spread out all over the United States. We don't get a chance to play together very often. For some reason, we feel that it's important enough to make the effort to uh, get together and be creative. 
flashlight to remind people it's not music. I do know from having worked with that material recently that definitely the uh, the desire was uh, was there to, to <laughs> we all loved where you were like the pilgrimate of it all. I think there's no one that didn't want that. I don't know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> but but I'm sorry. <laughs> Apology oh, long in the making. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that show we gotta have a Steve show, I guess, at some point where where yep, Jackson yeah. leads it. He's like, I got the questions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm editing this bitch. <laughs> I got the fucking questions for you, you assholes. Yeah. Final cut is in, in Holland, fuckers. <laughs> uh, well, um, the the last question that they gave me to ask, which I'm I'm honored to do, uh, does I feel like it needs to set up a little bit. So we mentioned yeah. Bauman. Um, I'm not sure I'm having trouble with the setup. Uh, Palmer, does this involve you or is this someone else? This is the one time I remember well, this involved there was him challenging period, there was you. A period in time, there was a period in time that, uh, I mean, yes, it is that I did actually fight Bauman. <laughs> but I felt like there was a period of Bauman where he was trying to either fight or, and or do heroin with everyone. <laughs> yeah. and, I do remember the heroin. Yeah. Any, any, any ear time, he eventually he would steer the conversation to, do you want to fight or do you want, and, or would yeah. you like to shoot up heroin? Yeah. This was probably a good couple of months period where he would challenge virtually everybody. I don't yeah. <laughs> so, so that there, is where there, it comes. There, there, and there was a time the background. that I can picture. I don't know what the pr provocation was or whatever, but there was something about this that I, that is lodged in my memory where, <laughs> this is my memory of it so palmer you were there i don't know how you remember but like they were talking about this we're gonna fight bauman launches off the deck of the cabin and palmer just catches in midair like i i don't have like a there's so many dog toys but none of the ones i need but basically like i picture it like if his head is up here he grabs him by the head there and like through the crotch like kind of like cross his body in the midair and just catches him and that seemed to me to be the end of the fight <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, I know I used to taunt it so this is also the same time period of can't hardly wait yes. and uh, oh, that's I right Jennifer loves Hewitt to, uh, yeah. Jennifer loves Hewitt's head her giant head like she had a disproportional <laughs> oh, yeah. head and he used to get I'm sure like uh, like feigning, like he yeah. would just get very upset about yeah, some performative anger. Yeah, I know this is a touchy subject for you, but Jennifer Love Hewitt's got a big head. <laughs> she does. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> well, she's got a big head. She's got this perfectly proportioned body. It's great, and then you get to her head, and it's huge. I mean, she's attractive. She is. She's got a big head. I can't be on the show. 
You couldn't be on this show. She just got a big head. First, you don't like Travolta, and now you're saying Jedi. I like Travolta. I said Travolta was good. Yeah, me making fun. And so the night that we actually did fight, I just laid in on Jennifer Love Hewitt in the size of her fake giant head. <laughs> now it was disproportional to her body. And he's like, that's it! Outside! And so then he, <laughs> this, again, is like months of him. He, I think he was just going for experience. And those were the two that he was trying to get. Like, yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, checked off his list. I want to yeah. fight somebody and I want to do heroin. And uh, he was just anybody, any port in a storm on those two bucket list <laughs> items, you know. And uh, as if somebody roaming around Ritman would have had heroin, I guess. I maybe. mean, yeah, not then, but now. Not that time, not that time <laughs> period. Now, yeah. I'm sure you couldn't throw us. He probably would have just whispered it, and eight people would have been like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, let's do it." I got some right here. You wanna, you want in on this? So, um, yeah. It, so that's where the the question this that's where this question is gonna come from. Oh my god, we haven't even got to the question. Yes. because no. the, no. the question uh, we've it, built it up abnormally large. Yeah, the question yeah. is gonna be a complete letdown, but we're gonna ask it. And this one, yeah, this one finishes it. with one of those emojis with sunglasses on. If you can imagine that. So, <laughs> will you fight Bauman if he asks you to? Right now, if Bauman <laughs> came on right now, right now, Bauman's little square appears. He's like. I'm gonna fly says, the Amsterdam. I'm less. I'm less than a 15 minute bike ride away, and I want to <laughs> fight you. Would you do it? Yes, of course. Oh, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> My heart wishes that Bellman would would uh, his square would pop up here. Sometime. Oh man! Oh man! You think that's out of the question? I do. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm. I'm. I'm not giving it a chance and I'm just cutting it off in my mind. I wouldn't even know how to contact him, but yeah, where it gets around. It seems <laughs> if we Man, say no his name kidding. again, yeah. we're going to get that email. Yeah. Start, uh, start talking about apostolics on your podcast and all of a sudden everybody's listening. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, live man. in strange yeah. times. That's very true. Yeah. All right. What an absolute delight yeah. and surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is I know Absolutely. We, we have kept you up so late and you've been very gracious in answering some of my ridiculous questions, but what a real joy to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. And absolutely cannot stress enough how pleasant the surprise was that your square popped up there. And we got <laughs> to spend a little bit of virtual cabin time with you tonight. Uh, it was fantastic. But it's been a real pleasure to see you guys. Absolutely. This has been, uh, regardless of the time it is now and how fucked I'm going to be tomorrow. And Well, that's life. It's a, it's a super nice way to spend my bachelor, uh, one of my bachelor nights. It's uh, awesome. a reminder of the days of bachelorhood. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great. You guys are still part of my life. I love you guys. And I hope you guys know that. And uh, we will keep seeing you. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Love you too, buddy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Is it getting better? Or do you feel the same? Will it make it easier on you now? 
got someone to blame. You yeah, said, won't love, won't life when it's one need in the night. Won't love. 